0: There's no more room in hell. The dead will start a podcast.
1: Your dainty footsteps are echoing in places where one is well advised to turn Are you threatening me?
0: and welcome to No More Room in Hell episode 26. I'm Mike and joining me as always is Mr. Venom. How are you doing, Venom?
2: Greetings and salutations subway users. Yes, I'm doing very good. How are you doing, Mike?
0: Doing well. It's officially Christmas season, which is funny because this episode was originally supposed to record about Halloween season, so we got grounds to cover. Grounds to cover. Joining me As well, as always, the legendary Derek. How are you doing, Derek? Mind the doors! (laughs) (laughs) That's our first reminder to mind the doors. What up, Derek? How is it going?
3: Uh, Pretty good, Mike. You know, uh, the the behind-the-scenes stuff with us is great, but it's always great to be your arch-nemesis, as usual. And it's great (laughs) to always be here, as usual.
0: Yeah, I mean... It has been a while since we've recorded like a regular formatted episode, but at least you know we were able to put out the two commentaries. So the show hasn't been on like a total hiatus over the past month and a half, what approaching two months. So we've got some stuff out there at least, so that's good. Um, but I uh, at this time I do want to introduce a guest, a special guest to the show. You probably know him from Cinema Beef, uh, to Minimum Commentary. I also co-host with him on Burning for Springwood. Gary, let me know if I'm missing anything else. Welcome, Gary Hill, to the show. How are you doing, Gary? Just my OnlyFans page, man.
2: Just my OnlyFans page. <laughs> I'm waiting for that 20% discount, and then I'll join.
4: Oh, man, everything jiggled. It's not pretty, but I'm here, man. It's,
2: uh... <laughs>
0: yes, get the OnlyFans. The discount. The Christmas discount. <laughs> so, yeah. Like I was saying, um, been a while i have all sorts of episode notes that are like tinkered with messed with crossed things off i i, I was originally going to open the show with how did everyone's halloween go cross that off wow. next one how was everyone thanks how was everyone's thanksgiving i crossed that one off so the question i'm, I'm actually going to ask that I, I figure it's not too long after is uh, how did everyone's Black Friday or holiday shopping go? Did, were we able to get discounts? Which you should have asked, you,
2: considering yeah. it's the day after. You should have said, "How did everybody's Krampus night go?"
0: <laughs> well, yes. How did because Krampus I night watched go?
2: two different versions of Krampus last night to celebrate. One of them sucked.
0: <laughs> well, I know. Wasn't there like one called? Krampus's Revenge or something. I know the obviously the theatrical one.
2: Oh yeah, that's the great one. Those so, are
3: 55 Krampus movies.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I watched a terrible one. I think I, uh, I think it was like Krampus Rising or something like that. I think. I don't, I, it's so bad. I don't remember the title. But yeah, it was it was pretty terrible.
0: <laughs> Did you do any holiday shopping for yourself?
2: I'm an online for, uh, shopper. I don't I don't do crowds. I hate people in general. Uh, so yeah. Well, yeah, Um, even
0: online, I do most of it. But online, yeah, I mean, I was, you know, as
2: far as, obviously, I took care of myself and got myself uh, both of the new video game consoles, because I'm a corporate whore. Uh, But yeah, and then, yeah, I'm just about done shopping for the wife, Uh, maybe a couple more friends that I want to take care of, and that's pretty much it.
0: What'd you you get as far as, like, uh, games at launch for both systems?
2: (laughs) Believe it or not, I got none. Uh, I spent $1,200 in one day on, con- or excuse me, $1,200 in two days because they came out on two separate days, but uh, yeah, uh, I couldn't justify paying 70 bucks for a game right now anyway, so um, I basically just am playing the upgraded games, you know, the upgraded Avengers looks great, upgraded Doom, um, and then on the PS5, uh, The Last of Us 2 looks fucking spectacular, like you're watching a movie it's it's just freaking amazing
0: did they if you if you had last of us 2 on ps4 did they offer like some type of discounted upgrade
2: oh uh, you not even a discount uh just go ahead and pop your ps4 disc into the ps5 uh-huh. and it'll download the upgraded version
0: oh that's awesome
2: yeah so it's basically free so if you bought uh, if you bought it on ps4 you've got it for ps5 and that's kind of the same thing with, with some of the xbox uh, series x games too like if you bought uh, either Assassin's Creed Valhalla or like the new Call of Duty. If you bought those on Xbox One, they automatically work for the Series X.
0: So then, based on what you just told me, then obviously you got the because uh, I I know I'm not, I'm more familiar with PlayStation stuff because that's I've always had PlayStations. But uh-huh. I know um, with the PlayStation there was like the Digital only version, right? But yep. you obviously got the one with the disk drive in it. No,
2: sir. <laughs> you, you were right the first time. I got the digital one. Uh, again, I couldn't really justify buying disk drive on both of them. I spent just way too much fucking money because I got service plans for both of them, too. I, I get service plans for every electronic I buy just because I, you know, I'm I get. I'm a little violent with my uh, electronics, so it's good to have the plans.
0: Mm hmm. Well, it's, wor- it's worth it. I mean, as long as to me, like, I know a lot of people like say don't get them, but I'm like, it's just, it's too random when electronics are just gonna not decide to stop working, exactly. And if-
2: especially video game consoles.
0: Yeah, I've had back in the PS3 era, I had like the Blu-ray drive, where it could uh, you could still watch Blu-ray movies on it, but it, for some reason, it couldn't read games anymore. And I didn't have service on it, so I just took it to, like... You know how, like, there's, like, pop-up shops that just know how to do all that repair? I would take it there to get the Blu-ray drive swapped out. But, yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to be getting a PS5, um, but I I didn't do it at launch this time just because, you know, I there weren't too many games right now that I felt like I needed to go out and get, and I'm probably going to do the PS5 with a 4K TV and like a new surround sound system all in one like big purchase nice. so sometime next year once i have I, i'm i'm kind of like assembling the pieces to it um on like my wish list so i have an idea of what i want to get but uh it's going to happen it'll be like it'll be like my first major electronics upgrade i've had in a while because I've been rocking like a surround sound. Like I have a pretty good Sony receiver and it's held up well, but it's like, it still sounds really good, but the technology is just from a past era. So like when I buy Mm -hmm. other modern stuff, it, I have to like use all these workarounds to like hook it up to it. And I'm just getting tired of it. And it's like, I just need something more modern. So it's going to happen. I think 2021 is the year. (laughs) <laughs> uh, what about you, Derek? Have you been doing any holiday shopping?
3: I bought fucking shit, yo. I just bought that Forgotten Giallo box set from the Vinegar Syndrome sale, which I love me some Gialli, and I'm excited that those are coming to Blu-ray finally. Some of those, like uh, My Dear Killer, which has the greatest opening the scene ever, where a guy gets killed by a—I I, I don't know—it's like a piece of. Construction equipment—it's the like thing that—it's like a crane. He gets his head stuck in a crane and he decapitates him. It's amazing, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and the uh, the girl from Room Two A, which I've seen before, it's pretty fun. Uh, I forget the third movie that's in that set, but I'm very excited for that.
2: Is it—is it just various directors or the same director?
3: It, it's different films and different cool. directors. Ah, like, uh, the the la- the first uh, volume was like it had two Spanish gialli and it also had a uh, one Italian film. So it's a mixture of different countries too. Those sets, but these I think these are all Italian. Just different directors. This set, nice coming out, but should be fun. I can't wait to get that battlerian And I ordered Ninja Busters from Garage House Pictures. I'm very <laughs> excited to finally watch Ninja Busters. It looks fun as fuck. Uh, yeah, I didn't really buy anything on Black Friday. I ordered some stuff after, maybe like some Cyber Monday stuff. Like I got, uh, what did I fucking get? I forget. I I, I ordered a few gifts for some people. Uh, I'm still waiting for. Oh, I did order the remake of Crazy Fat Ethel so that there's
2: something <laughs> awesome.
3: Yeah, I can't wait to check that out. I, I actually know the directors of the work, so I'm kind of curious. So he did like a, his love letter to the John Waters movie called Trashology. So hmm. so it, it should be fun. I can't wait to see what he did with Crazy Fat Ethel. Uh, but that's about it for me. I bought some music and some records and shit. I got a, the new Strokes album. Big fan of the Strokes. Uh, that's hmm. about it for me. Cool. Uh, Gary, did
0: you do any browsing on the, uh, the websites for deals?
4: We bought some pots and pans for our home, so there's that. That's a, that was a major buy for us now. We we did eat some pots and pans and we didn't pick up a nice set for that. I know it's not a Blu-ray or anything, but, uh, it is what it is.
3: (laughs) Hey, that's okay.
4: It
2: was a present for my house, see, you know? Yeah, that's, but that's, okay. the thing. yeah, yeah. That's, that's how you know you're becoming an adult because you can buy a set of fucking pots and pans and it's like an exciting day. And I'm right there with you, dude, because I bought my earlier this year. I bought myself a set of cast iron skillets, and I like I, I cooked for like a week straight. It was amazing.
4: <laughs> Sometimes I just enjoy a good, good grilled cheese sandwich. I need a good frying pan to cook it in. So, it's, um, oh man,
0: <laughs> yeah, we actually were looking at. Like a like a set of uh, like nonstick cookware, just because that's another thing we haven't upgraded in a while. Is like our pots and pans. You know when they start chipping away, it's like the yeah. nonstick. It's it's not so well, much nonstick anymore, and you're like, damn it, I, I'm tired of this. So, uh,
2: well, if you got strong forearms, I definitely recommend cast iron. Those things last fucking forever if you take care of them. I recently
0: bought a, a omelet pan. You guys are you guys familiar with what those are? Um, it's like a, it's like a mid-sized pan, but it's sectioned off in two sections on hinges. So like you put your eggs on one side and like whatever you want in the omelet on the other side with like a little bit of egg and then it cooks and you just, you know, flip the hinge where it drops the the one section on top of the other. Let it cook for like five minutes and then open it up and slide the omelet right out. Just (laughs) makes it very easy. Very easy. I'm sorry.
2: It sounds like a frying pan with uh, training wheels.
0: Exactly for us yes. amateur cooks.
2: So
4: what? So what you're saying is you can not fold over an oven like a man. Is all I'm saying right now. You know? <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, you
3: know, I, <laughs> I can. That's a bitch but... fucking. That, that's bitch made, Mike. Just fold the omelette.
0: Hey, when you're cooking for kids and a whole family, I'll take the shortcuts when I can. I I have been known to be elder. Here's the thing, almost. With me, it's about, I'd say, 60-40 success, where 40% of the time it just turns into scrambled eggs with stuff in it. Kids <laughs> don't care. Kids don't care either way. They're just like, okay, eggs. But me, like, I was tired of the fail rate, so I was like, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> yes.
4: Venom's rocking that cast iron, baby. You can break frittata on that thing, man. It's yeah, all right? good.
0: Frittatas are good, yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. Or maybe buy, like, the big Dutch ovens with, uh, just to make big soups and stews and all sorts of good stuff in there.
4: Yeah. Good, man. Oh. It's a cold outside here, man. No, no snow yet. I'm thankful for that. So if I'm thankful for Thanksgiving, there's no snow here yet at all. So see so 60 degrees by the end of the week, which is insane for the middle of December. Oh, my gosh. You know?
3: yeah, it, it snowed here, here yesterday, yeah, but it, like, melted away, like, overnight. It was kind of weird.
4: Uh what, what what else? I bought I bought some, some movies digitally. I don't think I bought anything physical. Uh I secured my Parks and Recreation on Voodoo because it was half price and fuck the Peacock Network. I don't need that shit in my life. <laughs> but I do need Pawnee in my life, so if you love Parks and Rec like I do, you understand these feelings. And um <laughs> uh yeah, it's it's a go-to, going to sleep, turn on a few episodes thing for me. It's just I, I need it in my life. Nice. What, what else? A couple other things. But um, n- nothing really sparking in mind, except I, I know I got a lot of small things at Menards. They had, like, three packs of phone chargers. They had two USB ports on them for, like, $4. So I got a couple of those. and Random shit. Box cutters for work. This is all adult stuff, people. You know, I, I didn't go nuts in the vinegar syndrome sale, which if you got the means, go nuts! I'm just not doing that. You know?
3: Yeah, I hear you there. I forgot <laughs> one other thing I did buy. I bought House Shark on Blue A and I was very excited for Oh,
4: Chris, why wouldn't you? Because it's
3: a it's, a, it's just shark in a house.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like Santa Jaws. It gives you everything it promises. Come on now, you
3: know it's Ron Bonk. I know what I'm getting myself into. <laughs> he did go. she Ki- he did she kills, which is about the girl with the demonic but yep. getting revenge.
2: I just bought that literally like a few weeks ago. Amazing. Yeah, it, it was like five bucks on the website, so fuck yeah, picked it up. <laughs> <laughs> um.
0: Yeah, but Gary, as far as chargers go, dude, I I'm buying a USB chargers all the time because my kids freaking twist bend like you know they they plug their stuff in so it won't drain but then they try to like go too far longer than so i bought like the 10 foot ones to be like <laughs> safe just yeah. uh, i've never gone through so many charges and i was like okay. th- they come up to me like hey my my uh tab won't charge. I look at the you know the charger where the uh cord meets the little adapter part and I'm like, "Yeah, look at it. You guys hey, did it again."
4: Pro pro tip, <laughs> if, they, if they if they don't use the lightning cord, they sell those cords at the dollar store for a buck. So, yep go buy a bunch of them and be done with it. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, well definitely I uh, those are going in their stocking. Like those are I'm I'm considering them actual gifts this time cuz they're lucky cuz at one point I was like I'm just going to stop buying these chargers and then you're going to learn your lesson. But uh as far as me, I I did a lot of uh shirt buying cuz you know these horror shirt companies a lot of them I mean normal prices they're just expensive and it's like Hey, if 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 you can spend that much on shirts, that's cool. But I usually wait till like, the holiday time for all the Black Friday deals. So I went to, like, you know, Fright Rags, uh, Gutter Garbs, Cavity Colors, and just looked through, like, their clearance and sale and picked up some good stuff. The way I usually do it is, like, I'll go order a bunch of stuff, and as it arrives, I just give it to my wife and say, here um, – just wrap these because by the time Christmas comes, <laughs> he buys his own time, I f- I forget like what actual shirts I bought, so then like I end up it's, being surprised anyway. That's so weird. It's like, it's, why
4: like, do- it's like listen, woman, I know what I like. Okay, it's kind of like jerking off. I know the way I like to handle it. You know,
3: it's at the- <laughs> uh, I can't. It, it, no, yeah, but we could. I could just send proof of the shirts that Mike bought because you know it's just weird in that sense where he sends them in the chat. So I'll like, Mike, you bought this shirt. You bought this
4: shirt, you bought this shirt. It's like, honey, just buy everything with gift receipts, so we'll take it back we need to, okay? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I bought um, a game for the Switch, Uh, but, yeah, I don't... We don't, like, buy all our own gifts, just some stuff. For, for, like, horror shirts and stuff, it's easier for me just to do it, because... I mean, basically, if she, if she was going to buy that kind of stuff for me, she's going to start asking me for specifics anyway, and then I'm going to like know exactly what I told her, unless I just list off like 50 different things, and then it just becomes a headache. So I'm just like, yeah, uh, I'll just buy these things and go ahead and wrap them.
4: Now, I, haven't, I haven't owned a next generation system since I started podcasting, but I was I considered buying a Switch that I, I shut myself down real fast, and I'll tell you the reason why uh, I was too I was too afraid that'd be would be two balls deep Animal Crossing again, like oh, I was yeah. with the GameCube. And um uh-huh. no, I'm not spending six hours fishing and figure where the time went. It's not gonna happen, you know.
2: <laughs> but it's a fun My, six hours. It
4: is a fun six hours, it is. I just want to do it to myself. I
2: hear you.
0: My kids are all about Animal Crossing and then they uh they recently got into Fortnite, which sucks because helped. because uh they want to play it together, but only you can only do it one player on a Switch. So one has a Switch, and the other gets on the PS4 which is in the living room. So it's like I, it's going on in two different rooms, and they're trying to like cross chat with each other from across, Like the two rooms are like on the opposite sides of the kitchen. So like I'm sitting there trying to do my own thing and listening to, them yell to each other from rooms. But uh, yeah, they. They have their islands going to Animal Crossing, so I can definitely see if you want to avoid that because you need to dedicate your life to other things. So,
4: <laughs> Gary, Gary just sitting there at work thinking about the price of what the price of turnips are today, and you know, just <laughs> <it's>, uh <laughs> this this is a problem, people. I can't have my life anymore.
0: <laughs> Waiting for holiday updates and all that. Man,
4: that. so good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, they do like Smash Brothers as well, so that's at least something to get them off of Animal Crossing. It's funny though, like I, I bought him a Switch thinking, "Oh, I'm gonna get him into these types of games and these types." No, as soon as Animal Crossing came out, they're like, "Okay, Dad, go away. <laughs> we we don't need your assistance with this one." Ah, uh, but yeah, that's as far as like Black Friday deals. We did get like a TV for the bedroom, but. Nothing yeah. special about that. It's just like Clans TV. <laughs> Heck yeah! Walking
3: <Jeez. laughs> Dead. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, okay. I guess we can move on to what we watched. So we'll do our usual three. But if we have anything else we really want to bring up, we can throw it in because it has been a while. So. Um, Let's get into that. Venom, we'll start off with you. What, give us something that you watched in the last month and a half.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, <clears throat> I watched a really odd movie recently. Uh just came out last week. It's called Toys of Terror. It is a 2020 film. Um, it, it's a weird movie because uh, basically the, the basic story is it's kind of a, it's kind of a haunted house situation, but it's also kind of a haunted toys situation. Um, The problem with this movie is every single scene that does not have a toy in it is very well done. The cinematography, the writing, uh, the performances. I mean, there's even some great acting performances in this movie. The problem is rather than either CGing like CGI, the characters or going practical, they went with stop motion animation and it looks so fucking dated that you just have to laugh. And and that's literally what I did. Every single scene where one of the toys moves, I'm just laughing my ass off the entire time. And then as soon as the scene is over, they go right back to like a great family drama. Um, yeah, I mean, th- this film, if it weren't for the effects, I mean, it might have gotten like an 8, 8.5 if I had to rate it. But because they did themselves such a disservice with the creature effects... That I, I, I just I, I couldn't give it a good rating if I had to, you know what I mean? So um, it, it's such a shame because the movie has so much potential. I mean, there's there's kids in it, um, you know, obviously multiple adults. There's a mother and father pair, uh, a caretaker, uh, almost like a almost like The Innocents where they had a live-in like nanny slash tutor. Uh, they had that kind of situation there too. But ah man. It's just so it's so too unfortunate, you know, that they had to go with those kind of effects because it just because it affects the tone of the film too because everything is so serious. It's you know it's played so grounded in reality, but then as soon as a toy moves, you're just like what the fuck, and it just ruins the entire experience. So yeah, uh, Toys of Terror 2020 not a recommend.
3: <laughs> it sounds like a microphone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I do think on Mike's movie, Mike brings the fresh guys, hey, let's do this, you know, Vampire versus the Bronx.
2: There you go. <laughs> I actually, I wrote a review, too, for this movie, and I actually even said that if it weren't for the creature effects, this potentially could be, like, a top 20, 25 film of the year. Like, I, you know, with the, with its performances, even the score is really good. Um, The cinematography is nice because it's a big old building, of course, you know, the big empty mansion that's been abandoned, blah, blah, blah. Um, but God, everything about the movie is awesome except the creature effects. And then in my review, I even wrote if they would have just used cheesy, uh, puppet master, uh, style effects, uh, practical effects, it would have been fine. It would have been 10 times better, but because they wanted to have, you know, toys flying around and, ah God, it, it looks worse than the scene in the original poltergeist when everything was floating around in the room, it it Mm -hmm. looks worse than that. And Poltergeist is, what, like a 34-year-old movie? So, yeah, uh, just uh, a a movie that has a lot of potential and just kind of shit on itself with its creature effects. Too bad.
0: Yeah, that sucks.
2: Yep.
3: All right, Derek, what do you got? Speaking of puppets, I'm actually going to be talking about a movie that I've been dying to see since I first heard this announced. Now, this is not a full-length feature. This is like a half-hour-long film. That was actually just released by Sub Rosa SRS Studios. And that is Hal from Beyond the Fog. This comes from the land of Japan. Uh, yeah, this movie was kickstarted. Uh, it's directed by Suki Sato. And this is where this movie gets interesting because the whole movie is done with puppetry. Even the humans' characters are puppets in this film. Uh, very low budget, but what they do is make it scale. The main story is takes place there in the Maiji era of Japan, where this blind girl uh, named uh, Takiri is being her like the land is being like trying to be taken over by these greedy developers, but what they don't know is uh, this blind girl is pretty much Friends with this giant monster named Nebula, and uh, yeah, it's actually a very interesting movie. This is actually based off the Ray Bradbury story, The Foghorn. Which, if you guys don't know that story, it's the same story The Beast with 20,000 Phantoms is based off of. Oh. Yeah, yeah, and it's done in fashion, you know. Uh, the creature itself, Nebula, is a sight to believe because it's actually designed by Kizo Murazi who if you don't recognize that name he actually worked with E.G. Superboy back in the day. He actually did the design for Varan.
2: Oh, the invincible.
3: He, yep, and he did like a lot of the model works for like a lot of our favorite giant monster movies like King Kong versus Godzilla. Uh he's worked on a bunch of movies and with that aspect of it it's like whoa and you know it has this great atmosphere to the movie. Now, I'm not going to. The puppet stuff, you have to get used to it because it's kind of like just very wooden steel puppets so that would. They don't have like mouths moving or anything. They're very puppetry puppets. But I still kind of dug it, the feel of the film. Now, I want to see what this guy would do with a bigger budget because the kaiju stuff in this movie is amazing. Just the introduction of the monster is insane and atmospheric and great and the reason why the Ray Bradbury short story was called the foghorn the monsters roar sounds like a foghorn and they kicked that in this film which I like and it's fantastic it's one of the best films I've seen in years of any genre and it's something that I think people a lot of people appreciate this detail that was made in this film. And it's fantastic. Yeah. You pick up the blue ray now from SRS. Uh, it's like 20 bucks right now, which is not a bad price. They usually a lot more for those. And uh, Ron's doing a great job putting these for lower prices for people to pick up during the hard times of the mm-hmm. 2020 world, <laughs> you know? So big ups to Ron Bonk. I can't wait to see what else he puts out. For uh, us Kaiju fans and fans in general, I know he's been in the business for years, first releasing like Tim Reddit movies, you know? So it's crazy how they grew as a company releasing this stuff.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. All right, Gary, what do you got?
4: Uh, not much new to report uh, as far as like new, new stuff. I. I'd imagine you can go to TV or movies on this list, and I mm-hmm. I closed out Supernatural recently because the show ended, and I had 15 years invested into the Winchester, so I had to see it out, I guess. And um, They, they did this thing, if you watch the show, where they had a finale, and then they had another finale, and it's kind of weird to explain because... For like the past decade or so, they, they went from the monster of the week aspect, if you watched early Supernaturals, to like the battle of angel, the angels and demons and, and, <laughs> and even God. And, of course, that's the big protagonist at the end, if you watch the show, is is this guy that has a form on Earth who happens to be God, and he's writing the Winchester story. So, they they... they Spoilers: They do him in in the finale before the finale, and then they had this thing where they just kind of dumped this thing to to where you know one of the brother dies. I'm not going to say who, and the other one has to kind of wait it out for the other one to get to their own personal heaven. And I didn't need that in my life. I could just l- let it end with that uh, the first finale. So it's um it's something I stuck with all these years though, and I'm not I'm not disappointed I was disappointed in the finale the finale itself was just kind of really sappy and kind of stupid and unnecessary for like at least a half an hour of it they could have did something else in that time and um yeah i kind of disappointed in that finale after 15 years so if you like supernatural uh, i i would not say don't don't not start watching the show because it's there there's lots of episodes
0: and um, yeah it went forever
4: and there's 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 lots of great characters and there's a reason why I stuck with it it's it's kind of like smallville for 10 years is that it was consistently decent and made you want to keep watching it i can't say that about arrow and i watched all of arrow baby and um <laughs> the, that that got dull real fast in parts but i stayed with it cuz of you know if you didn't watch one and you watched the other one if you didn't, if you didn't watch arrow you, you watched the flash Something was going to connect, so you got to watch both of them, and yeah. the, flash, the Flash is good, whilst the other one's kind of just okay, so that's uh, that's something oh. new, I guess. <laughs>
3: yeah, it is. <laughs> the Arrowverse.
0: <laughs> um, well, I'll kind of piggyback off that TV stuff, because um, I don't talk about uh tv too much on it because i think i'm the only one that watches it but uh fear the walking dead wrapped up their sixth season as well as that world beyond one um fear the Dead or fear the walking dead I-, I think has gotten really better i like the characters in it the world beyond is uh, it's it's like teen melodrama but the only saving grace on that is it's only going to be two seasons, and it leads into like the movies that I think are supposed to be wrapping up the whole universe to begin with. That's obviously a franchise that's kind of run its course, so it looks like they're winding it down, although I've heard rumors of spinoffs. Uh, not a ton to say because no one else knows what the hell I'm talking about, pretty much. But <laughs> oh, I,
4: I've, I've heard about the Carol's Cookies TV show with, with Daryl, so I heard it's coming, or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, so... which I don't know if it's if it's going to... Because I, I don't even know what the timeline of that is. If it's like, oh, we'll cover... Because there was a time jump in The, in the Walking Dead. So oh. I don't know if their spin-off is going to cover stuff that happened during that time jump. Or if it's going to take place Carol's after cookies. everything ends.
3: <laughs> Look at the flowers is their motto. <laughs>
0: Daryl, Daryl's after Carol's Cookies. But uh, the other thing I was going to throw in with the TV stuff. And this is mainly because when we were first gonna do this episode this show had just started its second season now it's like well we're like many episodes past but it was kind of a footnote i was gonna say the first two episodes of mandalorian season two for anyone out there that's a big fan of creature features man both those episodes featured some pretty good creature effects and the creatures themselves that were in them were really good. I mean, I wouldn't go as far as to say, like, oh, they're they're horror no. or anything, but I thought it was really well done and I was excited at the time to talk about them, but now so much time's gone by it's Man. like, probably everyone's like, yeah, we
2: know.
4: <laughs> Silver Fox Timothy Olfot is just proof enough that I'd still fuck him and I'm, I'm just have a heterosexual male, you know.
2: <laughs> well, he looks so damn good in that armor, so. God damn.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think...
0: That one, it was all, it, it almost kind of like resembled like a tremor, somewhat like a huge. Tre- yeah, like a,
1: kinda
0: yeah. Yeah, b- between that and something you'd seen like Starship Troopers almost, and then all the fucking ice spiders from the oh, second episode. Always with amazing. spiders. God damn it. <laughs>
2: yeah, and there
0: was a there was a scene that actually kind of got me like towards the end of it when you think everything's done with, and then. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of my my TV update. So
4: and, uh, parents, if you're listening, if you name your child Grogu in 2021, just don't do that, okay? It's just because it's not really stupid when they
2: get older, okay? It's, uh, <laughs> it's gonna happen, you know. You can't fight it. It's like, oh, Grogu, come here. You know? all yeah. the all the Khaleesi's that we have, and
3: uh... Nick Cage is definitely gonna name his kid Grogu, his next kid Grogu. <laughs> Khaleesi's, yeah. Uh,
0: All right, Venom, back to you.
2: All right. Well, um, sticking with the 2020 watches, obviously in November and December, I try to pack in as many 2020 watches as I can so that my eventual top 10 is, you know, so that I'm as happy with it as I can be. And here's a movie that will absolutely not be making my top 10, (laughs) and, and that is Ouija Blood Ritual. Now, Uh, i'm going to start right now and say if you don't absolutely love the subgenre of found footage then avoid this movie at all costs the only people that are really going to like this movie are people like me who are found footage apologists and the reason i'm saying that is because this movie has three people in it that's it well three people and an antagonist uh but the antagonist is supernatural so you know whatever take that as you will um and unfortunately none of the three can act worth a shit but because uh the movie is in found footage and because the three people in the movie are actually playing um you know three YouTubers who have a web series uh you know trying to debunk um you know like those like rituals like uh you know, like, you know, Charlie or I'm trying to think of some of those weird, you know, like Internet rituals that you can do to try to communicate with spirits, blah, blah, blah. Um, the Living Doll, I know, is one. But um, anyway, in this movie, they handle um, a legend called the Closet Man. Um, definitely any nothing I'd ever heard of before. I'm not sure if it's actually something that's been going around the Internet or if this was an original idea of theirs. But, you know, it is a horror movie. So, of course, you know, shit goes sideways and blah, blah, blah. Um, The thing is, the thing I was saying earlier about the acting is that, yes, they are not good actors, but because it's a found footage movie, and because they're playing people who have a web series, and I've seen a shit ton of web series where the people can't act to save their life, it just makes this feel more realistic to me, so... Um, that's just kind of the way I look at found footage movies is that they add that extra level of realism for me so that even if the characters uh, can't act or are insufferable or can barely read their lines, it's still passable for me. So that's why I started this review by saying, unless you're an absolute 100% found footage apologist, avoid this movie. Otherwise, if you are, check it out. I mean, it's not, it doesn't change the world by any stretch. It's very low budget. It's sitting on a three point five on IMDb right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm looking so, at that now. Yeah, expectations are low. I came in a little higher because, like I said, I am an apologist. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it. Like I said, if you're if you're like me or Dave Z, where you absolutely love found footage, I would say check it out. Otherwise, avoid at all costs. That is Ouija Blood Ritual <laughs> 2020.
3: I, I actually know the director of this movie.
2: Yeah, yeah, Dustin Mills ain't bad. I like some of his shorts. Like, I know he's had segments you know, that's Dave's best friend, right? Is it? I'm not sure. <laughs> That'd be interesting. <laughs> he but he works yeah, for I, it's,
3: yeah, he works I definitely
2: for will go to bat for this movie because, like I said, because of the found footage aesthetic, uh, it made it enjoyable for me. You know, you, when the girl, you know, would say a line and it was just a terrible line reading – I wouldn't roll my eyes. I'd be like, well, I've seen, you know, web hosts in real life act that badly. So it makes it believable to me. So, like I said, uh, check it out only if you absolutely have to check
3: it out. I like Dustin enough to still check it out. I'll support it.
2: Yeah. And he's in the movie, too. He actually plays one of the three roles and he does a great job. So he's probably the better of, of of the three actors. He's probably the best one.
3: Oh, he was the best actor in Dave's movie, uh, Slimy Little Bastards. He's he great.
2: <laughs> I do remember that one too. Yep. <laughs> That's it for me, Mike. For now.
3: <laughs> All right, Derek, what you got? Uh, I finally saw Monstrum. Nice. I loved mm-hmm. it. It was fucking Good great, on. you know. Uh I love like the whole period aesthetic. It looked so much greater than it should have. It was like Damn, they did this great, like the the costumes and the sets, and like the well, I don't know if the sets it was probably all shot in location, but it looked fucking really good, you know, in that aspect of the cinematography. Uh, great story, I like the characters throughout it, and I love like that not the main like guy who's trying to take over, but the guy who's like his order land, you know, like uh, he was actually a bad guy in like this gangster movie from Korea that I love. So I was like, Oh shit. I was kind of nerding out with Korean actors a little bit in this movie. It was pretty awesome. And then when the monster comes, it looks pretty good for the most part. Like some of the CGI yeah. is, you know, is a, it's there. You could tell it's CGI, but it still looks pretty good for what it is. You know, I've seen a lot worse CGI in these type of movies. Yeah.
2: No, I absolutely love that movie. I love the political angle of it. I love the the whole classism kind of sub uh, commentary that that's in there. Um, mm-hmm. I agree with you with the monster. I I loved about eighty percent of the monster, but there was a few shots, especially nighttime scenes, where the only natural light was fire, like torches the monster didn't look like it was lit correctly, like it didn't look like yeah. it was a living, breathing part of that world. But for, like I said, for over three quarters of it, the monster looks great. I love the monster design. Um, I thought some of, there, there's some legitimately great performances in it, yeah. Um, it, I'm not 100% sure, but I think Monstrum may be in my top ten for the year right now. Uh,
3: the thing I like about it, too, is... You know, there's actually a scene, like, near the end where I'm like, how the hell did this happen? And, you know, <laughs> without giving too much away, it actually shows you what happens. Yep. Like, Motherfucking movie answered my question for me. Thank it, you, movie.
2: <laughs> exactly. When that scene actually happened, I was pissed off. Like, I was ready to say, fuck this movie. You put you, you take me on this awesome adventure, and then you end it like that. But then, just like you said, like, five minutes later, they actually explain how they did it, and I'm just, I, I literally stood up and applauded in my living room. I'm like, yup, I bought it. It's great.
3: Yeah, I was like messaging moods, like, what the fuck? How did this happen? I'm like, oh wait, never mind. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, high recommend on Monstrum. Uh, pretty sure it's still available on Shutter. It is. Yep.
3: yep, that is
0: definitely a good one. Agreed on all points. Gary, you got anything else?
4: oh i i um i'll say the new things i watched first i guess and i I watched anything for jackson because people recommended that i watch it and i wasn't disappointed i believe this is on shutter i believe Mm -hmm. and uh if you don't know the story of it it's about two uh elder satanists who lost their grandchild and uh one of them is a doctor, the guy who, um, again, back to Supernatural again, mm-hmm. played the original Grim Reaper on the show. It's a, it, it changes over over the years, but um, the male Grim Reaper. And uh plays a doctor who they abduct a, a pregnant girl to put the soul of their dead grandson inside her unborn baby. And lots of stuff goes wrong, and it's fucking wacky as shit. And... I don't want to give too, too much away, but you guys should watch it because it's pretty good. And um, there you go.
0: Yep. It's definitely in the plans. Um, yep. we, we already have something picked for our next episode of Fresh Cuts, but I could see us doing this on the following episode, potentially. Um, just because, you know, I've heard a lot of good things about it. So I could potentially watch it, like, sooner, too. Just I got the time. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Um, all right. Uh, as far as I, let me look at my list. All right. Who's heard of a movie called The Special?
1: <laughs> and oh yeah, in a Box movie. <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> yeah. So the setup of this one, it, it, it kind of gets right to the point really quick. Basically, uh, two guys at a bar. One guy is pretty sure it, it's either his girlfriend or wife cheated on him, and the buddy's like hey I know how to get you over this let's go to like this horror house and kind of sets up from there but then the buddy's like no we're gonna get you the special takes him to a room there's literally a box that says put I I can't remember if it says put dick inside or if it just says put it inside of here and there's a hole in the box and uh, so that happens and then things start getting stranger and stranger from there I was I actually liked this movie a lot. I was a little afraid at the beginning, like, is this going to be one of those movies where it it feels like it should be, like, you know, a 10-minute short instead of a full-length movie, but it was actually pretty good. The story kept me engaged. The mystery around just what the hell was up with that box, what was inside the box, and just where things go from the character. It gets pretty wacky, pretty uh, over the top, and I ended up really liking it. Uh, who else has seen it?
3: Yeah, I have not yet, but I will be watching it soon. I have it on deck on our special. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool.
0: Yeah. I didn't want to give too much away just in case, but I would recommend this one. Um, I'm. I'm I heard a couple of people talk about it before, and it you know, got me curious and I, I'm glad I decided to do it. Cause it, it really wasn't one that was on my radar at first. It was just kind of sitting there and I didn't really look into like what it was about or anything. And then once, you know, a few people had something to say about it. I was like, all right, let me give this one a chance. And yeah, yeah, really, really good. So I would recommend the special. All right. Venom back to you for number three
2: all right my last one for the day is not really a horror film at all um it's an action adventure with a lot of creatures uh cgi creature effects Uh, i i think that a lot of horror fans will still enjoy this movie even though to me it's solidly not horror and that is 2020's love and monsters uh came out about mid-october um I don't think it's streaming anywhere yet. It is available on VOD, I believe for $5.99. Well worth the price, in my opinion. Uh, This is basically a story of a world that's been infested by monsters for a few years now. And so it's basically post-apocalyptic and uh, our main character, Joel learns that his girlfriend from before the apocalypse started is still alive and only about 80 miles away from the bunker that he's staying in. Um, But because of the danger of all the monsters that are, you know, out in the wild, and they basically are all aggressive, they basically all just want to eat you and just get it over with, Um, nobody wants to accompany him on this 80-mile journey, obviously, because it's pretty much certain death. And Joel is, uh, I forgot to mention that Joel basically doesn't have any real survival skills. He's basically the cook. For the bunker, and he's just so in love with this girl that he, you know, he feels that he has to make the journey. Of course, he ends up making it by himself, um, which, you know, of course, no one gives him more than a few hours before he's going to get picked off. But of course, it turns into a road movie at that point where he meets more, you know, more interesting characters. He ends up meet, meeting Michael Roker from, you know, Slither and the Walking Dead fame. Um, and um, Michael has, like, a girl with him, not really his daughter, but just a girl that he kind of took under his wing. And it's, I mean, like I said, it's it's a very sweet little movie. It might be a little bit too sugary for some people because, I mean, the name of the movie is perfect, Love and Monsters. It is a love story first and foremost. And then there's just, you know, just a bunch of badass monsters. You know, one in particular just looks like a giant frog. Um, but then there's other, like, way more, like, Lovecraftian-looking creatures in the film as well, so... um, I love the crab. (laughs) Yes, the crab was great, and he actually turned out to be, like, really awesome at the end, too. But, um, yeah, definitely, I recommend this one. Like I said, it's not a horror movie. It is a creature feature romance film, so if that sounds just terrible to you, then, yeah, don't watch it. But otherwise... I I recommend this movie. I had a really good time with it. I've actually already watched it twice. I I just, I think it's just really heartwarming, really fun, and you know, sometimes you can use a little sugary to break up all the horror that we watch. Spoiler
3: alert! It might be my number one for the year, like as a whole for movies altogether.
2: I would not argue that. I had such a good time with this movie. I had to watch it again right away. So yeah, Uh, high recommend from me, folks. Love and Monsters. Check it out on VOD.
0: Yeah, it's another one that I've heard a lot of people talk about. A lot of praise where so I just haven't got around to it yet, but I am going to end up watching it at some point.
3: It's kind of like a better of the Woody Harrelson from Zombie Van and it's Michael Rupert.
2: Yeah, and it is PG-13. It's not, like, gory. Um, uh, I would say maybe your older daughter might be able to watch it with you. I'm not sure about the younger one, but it's... I, I wouldn't go so far as to call it a family movie by any stretch, but it's not... Yeah. It's not very violent, it's not gory, and some of the monsters are actually cute, so you know.
3: Yeah, uh, I like how they explain where the monsters come from too. They actually explained in the movie yep. which I I dig.
2: Yeah, I didn't mind it too much. Usually I'm not the biggest fan of that particular subgenre, but it worked for me in this one. <coughs> I'll take oh, it. Oh Moose will hate it. Moves oh I'm funny. sure. Well Moose doesn't like fun, so yeah, he'll hate it. He this doesn't movie. like
3: love. You know, he's <laughs> like Yeah.
2: <bleh. laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh,
0: all right, uh, Derek, what you got for number three?
3: Uh, number three, I finally checked out Blood Vessel, and this movie's a fucking ride. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's Nazi vampire, but <laughs> it's fucking great. <laughs> uh, you know, the cast is small enough. There's actually only one actor I actually recognize from this movie, and it was Robert Taylor, and he only in the movie for five minutes. <laughs> because he ends up getting killed by a boat. But that's not even a spoiler. That's like the first five minutes of the movie. Yes. Uh you know. But uh that I was kinda shocked when that happened. Like, oh look, it's that guy from like the Meg and fucking Longmire Oh he's not in the movie anymore <laughs> yeah. You know, but I love the look of the fucking vampire in this movie. It's fucking awesome. Uh-huh. It's like a mixture of like Nosferatu and like craziness. It's it's fucking great. And I like what the vampire does. It's like kind of like a puppeteer in a sense where it controls people's motions and shit. I love that angle, and it's kind of different for this genre. yep, and you never really see it you soon see it, but you haven't seen it in a while, and I kind of like the aspect of it set in Warworld Two. you know, and you know they're like, "Oh look, it's a giant, vacant Nazi boat. What could go wrong?" A lot could go wrong. Uh Blood Vessel, fun ride. I really enjoyed it.
2: Nice. Yeah, I, I like that one too. That was that was just a all around fun film. Kinda kinda felt like twenty twenties Dead Snow. Mm-hmm. Just a fun over the top, you know, mildly gory film. Yeah, I dug it.
0: Totally agree. Blood Vessel is a fun r- ride.
2: And that's that's on streaming, isn't it? Isn't yeah, it's it? on Shutter. Yeah. Go.
0: He recently watched it. Grabbed it. Um, All right, Gary, do you have a number
4: three? Um, you know, usual holiday fair. You know, I I have my annual uh, viewing of the 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 Pangs episode of Buffy. You know, if you ever heard that before, it's the the Thanksgiving episode in which an Indian spirit comes back and you know puts puts diseases in in Xander's junk, and they have all. All out brawl at the house for Thanksgiving with these induties of Native Americans and But uh, besides yeah. that, um it's so good. It's so good. Um Uh what what's the line that Spike says that makes see the laugh every time <laughs> You made a bear! Undo it undo it you know? <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. Uh but besides that, yeah, you know, again back to the rewatches again, I um I upgraded uh my Lord of the Rings trilogy to four K and I'm not disappointed, except for, you can see, you know, what is Weta's what is evolution, which is the effects team that worked on those movies, and also worked on the, the new Planet of the Apes films. Mm-hmm. You can see the evolution between that and those Planet of the Apes films, because where Gollum kind of looks like garbage in 4K, um, the freaking, um, the apes look amazing in 4K. I've I've watched both of them now, but everything else pops so that the costumes pops the rich greens pop everything pops in 4k on that lord of the rings set and if you had any doubts of upgrading uh it's it's like watching a new movie and i I, i'd recommend uh getting on that i I didn't get the hobbit set yet because it's just kind of pricey but here here we are it's a (laughs) i i would recommend that for sure
2: yeah i can vouch for the hobbit set i have the hobbit set but not lord of the rings and yeah same thing Um, I just love the way that the special effects look in 4K. They just look so beautiful. In, In the first Hobbit film, the Mountain Trolls especially look fucking spectacular in 4K, so yeah... Um, you know Peter Jackson's effects. I mean, what can what can you say? They're they're always second to none. Obviously, we'll give them a little pass for the early Gollum, since it was you know their first attempt. But it, but even Gollum got better looking as the trilogy went on. So I'll give them credit for that.
3: Yeah, that's true.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. Okay. Let's see. What do I got? So I have a few left here. But let me pick one. Uh, I'll I'll go with one. Probably just because I haven't heard a lot of people talk about it. That's the Hulu original movie Run with Sarah Paulson. Has anyone here heard of that one? Heard yeah.
2: of it. haven't
0: seen it. She Sarah Paulson's been on a pretty good streak lately. You know she, mm-hmm. She's she been on a lot of epi- or seasons of American Horror Story. Then she did Ratchet, the Netflix show. Mm-hmm. So she got hit um, by a
3: truck and Bird Box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, like she was pretty Marvel good Super in
2: box.
0: Unsane. Unsane. So this one... Um, This one probably you could say teeters a little bit more on thriller than horror, but I I think it's close enough to include it in this. Basically, she she plays a psychotic mom somewhat. It's hard to really say too much of what she was doing, but uh, you know what? I'll just say because there's really no this movie doesn't really try to like. Trick you or fool you into what's going on. It's basically. Do everyone remember that documentary on HBO, the Gypsy Rose one about the mom with like the Munchausen of course syndrome.
2: I followed that crime when it was happening.
0: Yeah, this is basically a movie version of that. And normally I wouldn't want to spoil that, but the thing is, there's no real twist to it. You you pretty much pick up right away. It's it's very obvious that that's what's going on. We do get like we do get somewhat of a twist at the end that involves how the situation, um, became what it was in the first place. But that nothing I'm saying really ruins that spoiler because it has nothing to do with most of what's going on. But it's actually pretty good. You know, Sarah Paulson, she's just I think she's really good. She's recently been just knocking everything out of the park. The performances in this are really good for the most part. It's basically a two-person movie the mom and the daughter and you do get like other characters uh, sprinkled in here and there when when needed just to further the story and the situations but i i had a lot of fun with it I, i i thought it was really good i think it's like you know a quick 90 minute watch as well um so i would recommend run for sure for anyone that's kind of into like the thriller slash horror movie and that and especially for any parents that really want to get upset at the thought of hurting your own child. <laughs> so yeah, I would say run for sure recommended. Um I also had the only other the one I I wanted to bring up was May the Devil Take You Two. Have has anyone seen the second one yet? No, Not
1: yet.
0: no. So I don't know Venom. If you remember, like it was like a few weeks ago, I, I was asking you and Don about the first one because uh-huh. I actually had seen the first one, but I think what happened was I watched it so soon when it hit on Netflix that I didn't, I only recognized it by the actual original name, like, um, whatever it was, because that flash on the screen and I didn't know it was may the devil take you because oh. i was going to watch them both one night and i got about 10 minutes into the first one i was like oh yeah i have seen this one and so then i ended up watching the second one which is on shutter and i gotta say this could just be be because it's been so long since i saw the first one but i actually think i might like the second one better oh. it's it's a you know very similar style and scares and how things happen but I like the setting of the second one. It it has a very claustrophobic feel. I love the motivations of the characters to why what's happening is happening and how kind of like situations from the first one and the second one um, intersect with each other. And I want to say the second one felt a little more scary to me. But like, again, that could just be because it's been so long since I've seen the first one that the scares themselves. I I don't remember as well. But for anyone that liked the first one... I would definitely say watch the second one. I, I think it's at least on par, if not better.
3: Well, uh, Timo, Timo is always good. I, like, thing with the the first one, he did that, and The Night Comes for Us the same year. He directed it. It was back to back, and it's just nuts to think of that. How good both those movies are, and you know the sequel. I I haven't seen it yet, but you know I love. All Mo Brothers stuff. I'm excited for the other Mo Brothers movie, uh, the Black Witch Doctor movie, Voodoo Doctor movie that's coming out. Uh, that looks fucking awesome. <laughs> <It> looks <laughs> very gory from where I saw the images of. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know Timo's the co-director of Safe Haven, that VHS two segment. So mm. Mo Brothers always, I love all their stuff. Killers, fucking macabre, fucking. They're awesome.
2: Ah, oh, Macabre is great.
3: Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, okay, that's
0: it, it unless anyone if if anyone has anything else they want to bring up, they can. Uh that's pretty much it for me. I mean, I have a lot a whole bunch of other stuff, but I'm I'm good at capping what I got for now.
3: I've just um, been watching a lot of Italian rewatches. Like I watched like a bunch of because the last month it was Italian Horror Month. Mm-hmm. So I watched like Zombie 3, the greatest zombie movie ever made. (laughs) Directed by Lucio Fulci and Bruno Matai. Yeah, Fulci, did you ever see it? I have not. Oh my god, Fulci did like 80% of the movie and he's like, I am fucking fucked this. It's written by Claudio Fugazzo. forgot to mention that, the guy who directed Troll 2. Fulci left and Fugazzo and Matai finished the movie. Uh, and pretty much you know which scenes are the Matai scenes. It's pretty much every scene that involves these scientists and military screaming at each other in the in the hallway. Of what's going on? Because they seem so out of place to the rest of the movie. Uh, Fulci's movie is still great though. It has a kick-ass score. The fucking flying zombie head that just, just attacks somebody is fucking amazing. <laughs> It just flies out of a freezer and just jumps on a dude and rips its. <laughs> uh, the zombies look ooey gooey. In it. it pretty much it's not a direct sequel to the, his first zombie. What I would describe this movie is it's like a ripoff of Return of the Living Dead. Oh. Because he even, even has like that thing where like the you burn the bodies and the, the contamination infects the birds and the birds become zombie <laughs> birds.
4: Oh, what um, is this movie?
3: Zombie three.
4: Oh, Also known okay. as zombie
3: flesh eaters too.
4: I'm looking for that now. That sounds uh, amazing.
3: Yeah, you can probably you probably check it on like maybe Tubi or like Prime. Gary, I don't know Severn put the Blu-ray out in the states, so they usually put their stuff on like either Prime or shit like that. But yeah, it's it's fucking glorious. It's fucking uh, cheesy. 80s. It has cheesy eighty songs in the middle of it. But it's fucking great, and there's even, like, a... Did you guys ever see the movie Vanishing Point? Yes. There's a blind DJ in the movie that talks. Yes. <laughs> it's fucking amazing.
4: Played by Cleavon Little, man, the sheriff from Blazing Settles.
3: Yeah, yeah, there's a blind DJ in Zombie 3 that kind of gives you updates on the zombie oh, apocalypse.
4: Oh, I've seen this movie. I, I, I was seeing it at a... One of those horror marathons in in the city I went to one time. I was half asleep watching it, though, so I have to go back and do it again.
3: Yeah, it's great. It's fun. Uh, you know, like Deep Red, classic, rest in peace to Dario Nicolodi. Uh, my favorite Argento movie. Uh, you know, some Bava. Lots of Bava. You gotta watch the Bava during the Italian Horror Month. Oh, yeah. That's about it, and listen to those episodes, especially that glorious one, with Mr. Venom, where you got to review the killer was on the phone. Which I,
2: I was so upset that everybody hated that movie. I felt, I felt like I was the only one who kind of liked it. <laughs>
3: but you guys only, you know, it's weird, because you, you guys were closer on your ratings besides JP, because JP was the lowest.
2: Yeah, well, he hated it, obviously, but yeah.
3: He's like, he said it was the worst movie you've reviewed on Italian horror month. I'm like, it's not that. I actually haven't seen it, so I can't judge.
2: But I mean, it, it, it's got just, a very absurd reveal, and I think that's what kind of sets people off, because it's just one of those reveals, like, are you fucking kidding me? Uh, But it didn't ruin the movie for me, honestly. I I had a good time the entire journey. Telly Savalas is such a goddamn badass that he can just be on screen standing there and I'll enjoy the movie. Uh, But he actually plays an assassin, which, you know, just makes it that much better. Um, But like I said, it's that reveal Uh, when, when they when you get the reveal of the actual like story, like who the person is who's actually kind of calling the shots with everything that's going on. It's just a big groan moment, you know, it's just cringeworthy and people, people, I think it just sets people off It obviously set JP off. He fucking hated it. But yeah, I absolutely did not hate it. I hate it. I had a good time with it.
3: Yeah. I
2: may even revisit it. It
3: it doesn't take too much to set JP off. Like (laughs) he'll notice like if a shotgun blast is not right. Like he's weird. Like, Like anything involving guns, be like that's not real.
2: Bad worm placement.
3: (laughs) You know, bad worm placement. (laughs) You know, it's it's just like really like it. uh, Each his own, I guess. He's like the little brother you just want to just grab and punch in the fucking face. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's just Uh, like Mike. Mike, you just want to punch in the fucking face. Bam, 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 bam. (laughs) Shut the fuck up, Mike. Bam, 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 bam. I love you, Mike. I'm just kidding. Yeah,
0: he he he, he only a lot of
2: punches.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um. Uh, Yeah. Nothing else from you, Venom.
2: I mean, lots of stuff, but nothing that I really want to point out. I mean, a lot of like middle of the road to garbage. Uh, you know, blade, iron cross, naked cannibal campers. Uh, you know, n- nothing really to write home about. Well, it just sucks because like
0: everything we've all brought up, like almost we've only been the only ones that's
2: actually seen it. <laughs> yeah, mm. <laughs> naked cannibal. Have King, you guys? Have Sean any of do you guys seen it? Movie?
1: Movie?
2: Yes, yes, have it's he? Sean Donahue. It's it's actually it's watchable. It's not terrible. Doesn't and, it have the and, chick
3: from Night of the Creeps in it.
2: Uh it might. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, the three girls that are in it are basically naked for three-quarters of the movie. So, yeah, if you're a fan of naked women covered in blood, this is, this is your fucking godfather. Go Can check. Can I it. ask
3: you a question? What's that? that? Are they shaved?
2: Um, <laughs> I think two of them were, if I remember correctly. Okay. Because it's very, I mean, you get like spread eagle shots in this movie. It's crazy. Yeah, Sean well, Donahue, he he has no fear. Fuck it, put it on screen. can <laughs>
3: Bailey Page get killed with a giant baseball bat with barbed wire?
4: Nice.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I was like, yeah, <laughs> right in the that pussy. shot in possess that shot possessor. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: um,
0: yeah. Has anyone here? This will be the last. One because I think at least I think Derek's seen it. Unhinged, right? you seen it?
3: No, I, I, I don't want to see it. It's got a fucking Russell Crowe that looks like he ate seven Russell Crows. <laughs>
0: <laughs> bloated bloated Russell Crowe like, falling down truck driver. Version. <laughs> he's just turning the Raymond Burr.
4: He's, he's far from the Sid 6.7 weight, I'd say, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he's
3: turning the Raymond Burr.
2: And I heard it was more of a thriller and at this point in the year, I just don't have time for thrillers. So.
0: Uh, I think it kind of teeters the line, but you know, I, I, you probably have to see it for yourself to make yeah. that judgment call. I'll
2: um, watch it in 2023. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Mark the date.
2: Uh,
0: all right. Well, in that case, we can move on to a little bit of news. Um, in News that will surprise nobody because this movie seems to get remade every ten to fifteen years. There is going to be a new Night of the Living Dead. Has everyone heard of this with Vivica A. Fox?
4: Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> she's she's going to be the Ben, I hear. Yes. I mean, I no nothing against Vivica. I love her. I, I just really don't want another Night of the Living Dead. That's all.
3: Is this going to be like fucking? This is like a break from her lifetime movie, Christmas movies
2: marathon.
4: whatever makes her and David Dakota money I'm fine with that okay you know? <laughs> is
3: David Dakota directing this I might watch it
4: he directs a lot of those movies <laughs>
3: <laughs> I want to see a David Dakota night of the living dead to see what that would be like it would be like half met, half of it would be just A Fox and the other half would be guys and shirtless guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, have
2: they announced the director or producer on that yet? On the night on the Night of Living
3: Dead. Uh, let's
0: see. It has tapped Christopher Ray to direct the latest remake.
2: Fred Owen
3: Ray's son. Oh God. Boy. that would be bad. Uh, fingers crossed.
0: That's She's awesome. taking on the role originally played by Dwayne Jones.
2: Uh, Got to so, gender swap. Everything. It's 2020. Christopher and, Ray directed Six Headed Shark Attack.
3: It is my hopes.
0: And oh my lord, let me tell you right now,
3: if you're
0: judging this on the Dave Z box cover art test, you, no one's going to be watching this because, god, it looks awful. Like, I I don't think it's official box art, but you know how they throw kind of like sure. the, the little art thing together to promote? God, it just looks...
3: Uh, I, Dave Z hasn't the, seen Fright Night, though, because of the barks. so...
0: Wait... Uh, What's wrong with the Fright Night Vox? I
3: think the Fright
2: Night You He didn't see it until, kid. like,
3: 2015, 2014.
2: Because he didn't like the poster? I think that poster's brilliant.
3: That's what he said on the, I think that's what he said on the, Don't hold me to this. I'm sorry, Dave, if I misread you. No, no, that's fine. It's been a while since I listened to that episode. But I think that was the reason why he didn't watch the movie for as wow. long as he
2: did jacked up Amanda Bierce in the sky behind the house? Ah, I fucking love that image.
3: Her nipples showing?
2: Oh,
3: I love nipples. I know she's going going the other way, but...
2: Eh, Maybe she wasn't back then. I don't
3: know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: so, I mean, if anyone's jonesing for, what, the fifth remake of Night of the Living Dead, your wish has been granted again.
2: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'm, um, waiting, I'm waiting for that just as hard as I'm waiting for another Batman movie.
3: Uh, oh, well, I, I do want to see bad. that. I do kind of want to see that new Batman.
2: Oh, movie. I'll watch it because I'm. A, I, I mean, I'm a tool, so I'll fucking watch it. Yeah, it was, no I Batman just hate. <laughs>
3: I don't know. We got a new Batman every generation. How many
2: more times do I have to watch Bruce's parents die? God damn it. I've yeah, seen it like yeah, six but, fucking times.
3: But I know <laughs> that, I already know because Matt Reeves already said this. They're actually not going to show that.
2: Good, good. I mean, I, I mean we definitely don't need it, another It's going to take place so.
3: during year two.
2: I mean, if anybody doesn't know Batman's origin by now, then you just don't like comic book movies. So, yeah, walk away.
3: It's not going to be like Christian Bale though, where he's like, I'm going to gain 900 pounds to play Bruce Wayne. I'm yeah. going to be like my version of Russell Crowe in Unhinge. He's like <laughs> the fattest Batman ever. Like, I'm Batman. Oh. Where are your drugs, Scarecrow? <laughs> Give me a cheeseburger.
4: Oh, man.
0: Uh, um, Scream 5. No,
3: fucking, we're not talking about it. It's called Scream. We know. Move on. Unless why? you've seen
2: it, I don't want to hear about it. Because <laughs> Scream 5 is taking over for the Nightmare on Elm Street constant fucking updates that we don't give a shit about. Yeah, Venom
3: already heard about this on the 22 Shots show, <laughs> whatever news you're going to say. I'm sure. Why, yeah.
0: why is it because. Does anyone. Well, if you've already discussed it on 22 Shots, was there like a reason why they're called no, it? because no one
3: fucking gives a shit about fucking Scream 5. On that show. Yeah, Besides, well.
2: But, uh, yeah, sorry. we did talk about the ridiculousness of the title and how that's turning into a trend with Halloween and other movies like that, just reusing the title of the original. This one
0: is actually a uh, sequel, though, right? Not a reboot. It actually one.
2: is Scream 5, yes, but it's just called Scream. And that's just annoying to me. Yeah, because cause it's like we've got three movies called Halloween, maybe four. If, I don't know. If you're not going to
4: call it Scream Five, call it Scream colon pick a word. Okay, call it, call it, it
3: Scream. Call it Scream the 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 Curse of Sidney Prescott.
2: Something. Sidney <laughs> goes to hell.
3: <laughs> the final scream. <laughs> uh, Sydney's dead. Oh, the final scream.
2: Sydney the final scream.
0: Which would be a lie, but
2: <laughs> oh, so good. Ah, uh, anyway, yeah. Let, let's just go buy Scream. By the uh, way, uh, Robert England
3: might pair as Freddy Krueger in Scream Five.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, do it, do
0: it. Didn't they also didn't they say too for Scream Five they're going away from like the meta stuff?
2: Yes, it's going to be more of a classic slasher. I yeah, why why not? It's been fucking
3: five movies with four movies of that meta shit. Who gives a shit? It's, let him uh, do. It.
4: I'm
2: okay. I'm okay with that. But like I said, I'm, I'm not the biggest scream fan anyway. I'm sure Lacey Lou and Dan Chase are going to give me shit for that. But oh my gosh! I, I am not the. You know, I, I'm not saying I dislike it. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. It's a bad franchise, not at all. Uh, I'm just saying it's not really my thing. I rather you know, watch Urban Legend. Let's just
3: put it that way. Eh. Holy shit!
2: I'd rather it's watch that. Like, at least
4: he's got Michael Rosenbaum, and it, so it's all good there.
3: You know, like like I, urban urban legends got fucking Brad Dorf as Billy Bibbit in the beginning. That's amazing.
4: There's a fucking body
1: on your back, see, bah, 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 Billy Boy.
3: Yeah, Robin England, and you know it's got that bad guy from every movie that was a bad guy as the Dean. It's amazing.
0: All right. What else you got? Robert England in non Nightmare on Elm Street <laughs> News <laughs> for, for a
3: spin on things. Callback. <laughs>
0: He's going to be in Stranger Things season four. That's
3: yeah. It's probably the best part of that new season.
0: <laughs> as the listeners have probably noticed, I've been compiling these news items for the last month, so some of them are probably old.
3: <laughs> <That's awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> um, Didn't they announce somebody else for that show? It's um, very possible.
2: I thought they did. Yeah, I can't remember now.
3: I forget too. I remember the. What are you, song? What are you guys' thoughts on Stranger
2: Things?
0: As a oh, guy? I love Stranger Things. I like, fucking like love every, it. I all know. the seasons. You love it.
2: Oh uh, yeah, I, like, I I like the. I even like the third one. I well, the second one is probably the weakest, but I still love that season too. I so. like that
3: season because Paul Reiser's in it.
2: Oh yeah, and you get a Hobbit, yeah,
3: hell yeah! I like the because you think when you first see Paul Reiser, he's gonna play his character from Aliens, but I like that he's a good guy in that season. Yeah, and I love like how like uh, Harger Hopper becomes Archie Bunker in season three. <laughs> Uh, yep. Fucking great and you know, I love uh oh, so good. I even like fucking Uma Thurman's daughter. She's great addition. I love her character in the movie.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have no problems with Stranger Things. I had I had one problem with uh that episode seven from the second season where it was all fucking steampunk and shit where all the you know, that gang episode. Yeah when Eleven was fucking fucking around with that gang. Yeah, yeah that, she's that about episode about to do
3: drugs and
2: exactly. sell her body it was just so uh, out of left field, I didn't like it. But, I mean, uh, uh, otherwise...
4: Uh, Eleven and her muty friends that didn't go anywhere, you know? Yes,
2: exactly. The the plot point that got dropped. <laughs> if, they, if they
4: took it somewhere,
2: it would have meant something. I mean, but they they mean,
3: is this going to be the final season? Or is
4: it gonna
2: uh, be... Oh, they haven't said that yet, no. I thought they
0: said originally there was supposed to be five, but... <laughs> That was so long ago. Who knows? They probably revised it a hundred times.
3: I they could still bring it back. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen this four season. So you never know. Maybe they'll come back in this season.
2: Hey, ultimately, if it, if it's still getting Netflix new subscribers, they'll they'll fund another season. Fuck okay, it, Matthew Modine might come back. Who cares? Hey, a fuck? there you go. <laughs> Hello, eleven. <I> <laughs>
4: If anything, you know, she could bring the media uh, angle back and start a whole new heist movie called Eleven's Eleven. It'd be all good. <laughs> so you know, <laughs>
3: <I laughs> she brings Wolfhard with her, the fucking Bullshit. fucker, because they're old enough to fuck now. They're like,
4: come fuck me, bitch. Oh, God, <laughs> she could bring him in. You know, keep collecting people. He's like. She just rapes him for
3: hours. She makes him fuck himself.
4: (laughs) It gets dark. She she goes all over the country, finding new muties, and they say, I'm in, you son of a bitch. You know, and that's all good, you know. She becomes the Kurgan from Highlander. One of the best. (laughs) One of the best. I'm sorry. One of the best Rick and Morty episodes ever, the damn making fun of the highest movies, is one of the best things ever.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch, I'm in. Yeah, it. yeah, and yeah. After
0: yeah. a remake of The Professional Watch. It's going to happen.
2: Oh,
4: yeah. <laughs> don't, 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 don't say that, because that'll happen. No, yeah, don't say so. that.
3: <laughs> Mike Jinks every show I, that we're on, and it happens.
0: I just got te- I just got text by the studio right now. They're like, I think you got an idea. Son.
3: So, uh, so exactly. is Robert Englund playing
2: Freddy Krueger on Stranger Things? Yeah,
0: that would be r- ridiculous, but I'd be there
3: for it.
2: I mean, he is, he is playing a uh, incarcerated uh, serial killer.
3: Yeah. Oh, he's Freddy Krueger. So it's, it's happened. A Fred child before killer he got
2: burned, baby. He plays Eleven's
3: dad. Liz Eleven's father, hello there.
4: Hey, I'd be
2: very on board with
4: that. (laughs) I don't want to go back to the stream. well, but that'd be the best way to bring Stu back. Stu survives and he's in prison given, like, walking exposition to Sydney. you know. (laughs) That's awesome.
3: Uh, And it'd be great if his cellmate was Dan Aykroyd from Gross Point Blank because they both got killed by TVs.
2: Oh, Oh, popcorn. Popcorn. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What else else we got, Mike?
0: All right, Chris Columbus, Gremlins 3 scripts, supposedly. Um, he said he's writing and he wants to do it, but I guess the biggest news is that he says he wants to do it with puppets and not CGI. Of course, I'm like, that sounds good, but it, would that really be your decision? Probably not, because I, I don't think he just I think, think, Chris, just I think
2: Columbus has enough pull that he could probably pull that off. He did the off. first
3: two Harry Potters.
2: Yeah, I can't... um, I mean, his filmography is pretty damn good, so I think he might be able to get that pulled off. But anyway, um, for longtime listeners of both... um of this show and um, our sideshow Fresh Cuts, you might remember, what, like three years ago, I think, Mike? I went to the uh, Nightmare Cinema panel at Monsterpalooza, Mm -hmm. and Joe Dante was there talking about Gremlins 3. And he actually, like I said, this was three years ago, and he said Chris Columbus's script was already done three years ago. He said that the screenplay was done, ready to go. Um, They just had to convince the studio to put the money behind it. And... uh, Joe Dante was kind of upset about it because he's like, any studio that puts this out, if they do the uh, merchandising rights, they're going to make a fucking killing. I mean, gremlin dolls sell like fucking, uh, to this day, gremlin dolls still sell like crazy. So if you put out a new movie, that's a whole new line of gremlin toys, plus all the other older toys are going to sell again and go up in value, blah, blah, blah. Scott
3: Crawford will buy them all.
2: Uh, Yeah, yeah. I'll end up buying a couple of them for him. I'm sure. <laughs> but, especially um, yeah. if you
0: go that. Especially if you like continue kind of the like Gremlins two route right, with all the hybrid ones.
2: Exactly. Yeah, can I, I can't imagine they wouldn't do that. So um, it, sure. it, it's just so weird that a studio doesn't want to get behind this with the with the amount of merchandising money that they're probably talking about. But you know, whatever. What are you gonna What are you gonna do?
0: Did you hear the quip about Columbus? Said like. Even the original was supposed to be more horror until Spielberg got a hold of him and convinced him to, like, absolutely.
2: I I actually read a treatment of the original Gremlins, and yeah, like that kitchen scene uh, where mom ends up killing a couple of gremlins, that scene was supposed to be so fucking intense. It was going to be, like, just buckets of blood. Um, And mom was actually supposed to die in that scene.
0: Yeah, she was supposed to get beheaded and, like, the head goes rolling by.
2: So, yeah, so, uh, obviously, I think most of us, yeah, at this point are aware that the original was supposed to be horror, and now, again, Columbus is claiming, you know, he wants to make the third one more on the horror side as well, so, you know, it's all a matter of the people that provide the money, so, we'll see.
4: Hey, even when I was a kid, as long as Hoyt Axton lives, I didn't give a fuck about the rest of them, you know.
3: (laughs) I just watched Hoyt Axton for another show, he was in King Cobra, that's actually funny. Nice. This is the second
4: time I got to mention them tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm I'm with the Smoke Show, Scott Crawford, and saying that Gremlins 2, as as I grow up and live and breathe, it feels like more of a Dante film, and I like it better for that reason. So there, there's that. Yeah,
2: it's definitely a more fun movie. It's you know way more over the top, not nearly as I mean. Well, this is going to sound like a weird statement to say, but not nearly as grounded in reality as the original. Um, like, uh, but I mean, it's a fun ass movie. I mean, I'm still solidly a, a bigger fan of the first, uh, because of its more serious, darker tone, but, but the fun factor of the second one just cannot be denied. Yeah.
4: I mean, he got Paul Bartel in a big Hollywood movie, so I, I got to love him for that one. You Omega?
1: know,
3: <laughs> you know, the thing that like, I hate when the detractors of gremlins too, cause it is over the top. Yeah. It's, you know, it's like, it's fun. It's got Christopher Lee in it. it. Has the fucking it has Hulk Hogan in it. You know, it's got fucking Tony Randall as a gremlin. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's, and, it's, and didn't, didn't Dante say the reason? they did that because he's like we can't do the first one better than we did it so let's go in a different totally yeah. different direction and make it just over the top and I I I grew up liking I grew up probably watching Gremlins two more just because that was the one that was always on T V. But yeah, I, I probably like one slightly better, but two's just fun. Like from start to finish. Absolutely.
4: There's there's so many dad jokes in that movie like uh uh, Chris Lee is having a talk with somebody. He goes, "I had a couple of cases of flu coming this week, and the guy walks back walked by with crates with crates, and say he flew on them. It's just <laughs> so stupid, you know. And I love it, you know." <laughs> uh
0: huh. And a huge in a huge like network with all the different shows felt like pretty good subtext there going on that. As a kid, I had no idea, but looking back on it, watching it older, I was like, yeah, they were really on to something with like the programming. <laughs> Arguments and uh, I, Christopher Lee, awesome. Just the idea for all the hybrid gremlins was such a cool thing. And then of course, you know, Hulkamania running wild in the theater.
4: With <laughs> John Glover's <laughs> fucking flawless in that movie. You know, Trump.
3: Who's playing Trump? He
0: plays Trump. <laughs> yeah, basically.
1: <laughs>
0: awesome. Uh, all right, what else do I got? Only two more things. So, Fright Night two sequel coming. Well, maybe. I, I guess Tom Holland's writing it mm-hmm. called Fright Night 2 Resurrection. Now, he's writing this as a direct sequel to the first one, even though technically there was a sequel. Yep. But I, I didn't know. So he didn't write that then, I guess. No.
2: Just the no. Fright Night 2. I don't think he had anything to do with the second one. Based, yeah. based based on characters
4: only. But I know he's fond of it. But unfortunately, they had all that. I forget what the reasons why it doesn't have a decent release is. But it's something. I think somebody died, unfortunately, on during the filming or something. Mm-hmm. Somebody could probably uh, elaborate on this better than I can, but I know he's fond of, of Tommy Lee Wallace's Friday Night 2, and so the fuck am I, so there's that. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah.
0: yeah I always thought part two was good, um, but I, I am interested to see like the fact that Holland's writing a direct one. He says he's calling a resurrection because he wants to bring Billy Cole and Jerry Dandridge back, so...
4: Yeah. And Evil Ed.
0: Evil Ed as well.
4: You're so cool, Brewster. Brewster! <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. So, there's that. And the only thing I got left as far as news is your VR guard longer. <laughs> yes, yeah, well, that shouldn't be news. If I shave it off, that'll be news. But um, This one is not strictly horror, but it's just so big as far as the movie world goes that I just felt like we had to bring it up and that's Warner Brothers is streaming all our twenty twenty one movies to Disney Plus. Um, HBO now, Max.
2: HBO Max.
0: It, oh sorry, HBO Jesus Max. Jesus
2: Christ my can't even get the right stream. <laughs> Disney there, Plus sorry. I want to watch the Conjuring 3 on Plus. Yeah TV I know.
0: <laughs> exactly. Sorry there's so many damn streaming channels. Like I get them all confused. And it, okay HBO Max now, when I originally read this article, I don't know if it's been revised, but was the original, what they said, everything's getting released in January once for a limited time, and then they're getting taken off and then getting threaded there's, back in? The thea-
4: theaters and streaming simultaneously, and I hear a lot of folks, oh, this is going to kill the theater. Nah. I think that's fucking stupid, because you know, by the time 2021 hits, and we can actually go out of the house and go places. Motherfuckers yep. are going to want to go places,
2: and they're right. going to go to the movies, for sure. Nothing will ever uh, replace <laughs> the movie-going experience. For those of us who genuinely love going to the theater, nothing is going to top it. I mean, I've got, a, I've got a 65-inch TV in my house with a you know, Sony Atmos soundbar. It doesn't even compare to the experience at the theater. So, yeah, I'd rather do that any day of the week.
4: I mean, don't get me wrong, I enjoy movies better at home. Like if I watch it at the movie theater, sure. you mean know, I'm watching it, but am I paying attention to it all that much? You know, if I go home, I could sit by myself and watch something and pay attention to every little aspect of everything. Yeah. But, you know, the fact that you can go out gives you something to do. But yeah, to exactly. Go out, you know, yeah. if you don't enjoy, enjoy going to the club or the bars or anything, but you enjoy the cinema, you know... I appreciate that drive-ins are a thing again. That's one good thing that came out of this shit. The drive-ins are a thing again, <laughs> but um, yeah, people are gonna want to go to the movies. So I think people are talking crazy about oh, it's gonna kill the movie theaters, and yeah, no, it's, it's not. Sad. It's like gonna make them. It's gonna make them stronger. This pandemic, so
3: they would have so, already yeah. all shut down by now if that was the case, because most of them are closed for.
2: Oh yeah, a year. in Southern California, we haven't had a movie theater open since March. Like, not even for, like, a temporary thing. They've literally just never opened out here, so... But none of them have closed. Like, none of the... We haven't gotten any announcements of, like, mass theater closings in Southern California. I mean, because ultimately, it's not like they're spending any money on it other than maybe, you know, rent. But it's like, you know, there's no electricity, there's no concessions, um, you know. So, if the building is sitting there and they've got the property paid for... It's not like it's suddenly going to disappear one day because no one's going to the movies, and then the theaters that are open, you know, they're probably doing just enough between the social distancing, you know, uh, limiting your uh you know the number of people that are in the theater. Um, I think that they're smart enough to do just enough to be able to pay their bills. So yeah, I, I solidly think the theater industry is not in any danger. It might be a little slow coming back once they open up again. But I I think within, like, six to eight months after they reopen, everything's going to be right back to normal. You know, we're going to be watching Marvel movies and incredibly crowded theaters on opening weekend, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. Yeah,
0: especially in, like, I mean, where you live, the population's so high mm-hmm. but the day they open there's going to be so many people oh, ready yeah. to go I could see maybe some places out in the middle nowhere where it's like you know you have your three screens and hopefully everyone in the town goes but most places the population so there's it's such high that there's going to be people especially you know we're hearing about like vaccinations on the way and coming and if that danger goes away where people just totally aren't worried and scared anymore and it's shown that everything's good with that i mean the switch is going to get flipped and people are going to be out of their houses so i mean it looks like there's a light at the end of the tunnel with all that which is a big positive so you know obviously nothing's guaranteed at this moment but hopefully that's the direction we're going and uh-huh. you know I, I i've also heard like that this the whole theaters thing shutting down even if they're if it didn't initially happen what they're talking about is like these giant chains that would make adjustments yeah. to what they have open, but that just opens the door for, like, smaller uh, chains or just smaller independent theaters to fill those vacancies and start from the garden, which I actually wouldn't mind because then mm-hmm. you would get more diverse films in
3: there. I mean yeah, I think, but like, the only problem is you could get AIDS at those theaters instead of COVID.
2: <laughs> That's what Donna Nelly says.
3: <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> no, you know what happens. Because then you sit next to Tom Hanks.
2: Oh no! And he wants to oh, have
3: gay no. sex with you.
2: Well, but, you know, <laughs> for Tom Hanks. Eh.
0: From An- wasn't Antonio was Antonio Banderas that he, you know, No, he, he
3: cheated on Antonio Banderas. <laughs>
0: yes, that's right.
4: <laughs> that's right.
3: Yep, yep.
0: Streets of oh, Philadelphia. Oh, oh, oh.
4: <laughs> well, with Don and with Ellie, the stickier the floors, the better, and you know, the mister- more mysterious the stains, the better too. <laughs> what, 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 is, what theaters are Don and Ellie going to? The ones in Taxi Driver? Cause, Cause, I don't know. <laughs> his, his his love is like a shark fin. I gotta I think that's sticky as hell, you know. It's, uh.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: I just imagine if there hasn't been maintenance done on those floors all this time. He's gonna set foot in one. The bottom of his sneaker is gonna. You think Don and Ellie
3: eats blue sharks while he's watching? <laughs> dark movies <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: the gubbies yeah, I yeah. see it happen yeah <laughs> so oh, and, uh, i'm i'm sorry but before we move on um they actually did as far as the warner brothers news with them releasing all their 2021 movies in uh on on hbo max they actually did announce some dates and there's like two or three that uh, folks like us might care about um, I don't know that anybody cares about this other than me, but Mortal Kombat, the new um, film, will be. Oh out. yeah, James Wan,
4: baby. Yep, oh, James I'm, a, I'm
2: interested. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's going to be out in January, I believe, like the second week of January. I believe that's the first of the major. Um, a warner brothers releases uh then we also get godzilla versus kong on may 21st on oh. HBO max and theaters and then the last one i think that most of us well the, some of us probably don't care because it's passe but i still care and that is of course the conjuring 3 the devil made me do it will be out in september so I'm curious on huh? it i'll check oh, it out i'll, I'll I love, see it I, I love the movies. I don't care. I know a lot of people have kind of chalked them up as being formulaic and colored by numbers and whatever else, but you know what? I loves me a good haunted house story, and I'm, I'm digging The Conjuring. I even like most of The Conjuring universe movies. Obviously, there's one or two exceptions, but for the most part, I enjoy them. So, yeah, I'll be right there opening day on HBO Max.
0: Yeah, and, and as far as uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, if for some reason theaters aren't open here yet, but... Wait,
3: wait, 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 if- Mike, 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 Mike. Say the title right. It's Godzilla vs. <laughs> <versus> Kong. Godzilla <laughs> is going to kick that fucking ape's ass. Oh, God, better. It's revenge. It's payback. It's
0: revenge for the other one, yeah. Um, well, is if it play if our theaters aren't open, but it plays at the drive-in, I'll go to the drive-in, because at least you're still seeing on a giant screen. Um,
2: yeah, I mean... Cause Giants Relative, <laughs> I don't know about your drive-ins, but out here, you know, they're not, like, imax size screens by no, any means. ours screens.
0: are massive.
2: Oh, really? Oh, well, I wish. Yeah. Probably, ours, uh, because uh, most, most of ours are pop-ups. Um, only, like, one or two of the drive-ins that are actively working were drive-ins before the pandemic. Most oh, of the no. ones now are pop-ups.
0: So, when I was growing up, we had to. And now we just have one but it's been here since I was been a kid and a few years ago they got like the whole digital remastered you know renovation so it's actually like really good quality it's like not yes. grainy or anything like that so I would go a lot more if like um me and my kids wanted to see the same type of movies I would would take him every freaking weekend so hopefully as they get older and they're like you know into different type of stuff I'll be like hey what do you want to see and we'll go cause yeah I I grew up with my uh, dad taking us to drive in like almost every weekend during summer you know
3: yeah but the Uh, best part of that news is Godzilla versus Kong is definitely coming out either way so I'm happy I can't wait to see Kong with his battle
1: axe
3: (laughs) you know in in a certain appearance by a certain monster that I know about, unfortunately, but I'm kind of excited either way. But yeah, yeah,
2: I try I try not to read any of those like news articles about you know uh, any kind of plot points or information. Um, uh, I think I may have seen that article that you were talking about, but well, I just I I, I went have, right by one it. One of my so. <laughs>
3: one of my profile. Well, let's just say this: I I changed my profile picture for that day to that certain thing
2: ah gotcha
3: you know so
2: oh man
0: all right well as far as news goes that's all i got if uh, anyone else have anything
2: uh yeah yeah i got one um there was some pretty big hellraiser news this week and this is fresh news it literally oh, happened yes. this last week um and that is of course that clive barker has regained the american um distribution rights for his hellraiser films uh, which basically gives him the green light to now be the executive producer on the HBO Hellraiser series that's coming next year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for somebody like me, I absolutely love Clive Barker. Um, the first two Hellraiser movies are literally some of my favorite uh, horror films ever. Um, so I am absolutely excited uh, about this news. Uh, I mean, Just to get Clive back working in the movies uh, again, too, because, you know, he was kind of gone for a long time dealing with health issues and everything else. So uh, I'm just excited to have him back in the genre. I'm excited that he got the Hellbound Heart back in his stable. And, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll get a remake. Maybe we'll get a continuation of the franchise. But they way, bring back
3: Doug Bradley somehow. That'd oh, God. Amazing.
2: Yeah, we need that. But I mean, even <laughs> Doug is like... You know, because Doug's in his 70s now, so he's like, he hasn't flat out said that he wouldn't do it, but he has also said that he's happy with the time that he's spent with the character. so. Yeah. Let's see. Fingers exactly. crossed, definitely.
0: Do we yeah. have a synopsis of what the HBO series is supposed to be?
2: Oh, no, they haven't released exactly anything. No, they haven't given us any It
3: could be a fucking anthology, for all we know, which involves different synobites.
2: I would be I very on board for that.
3: Yeah, I'd be okay with that, too, Absolutely. to be honest. Yeah, even,
0: yeah, expanding the mythology of the Cenobites would be awesome.
3: And yeah, you like the Hellraiser graphic novels, in a sense. Exactly. exactly,
0: and that's why I think it's such good news that Clive is back in it, because if you're, if you're going to try to do canon or expand on what we already know, you want the guy who created mm-hmm. it in the first place, not other people trying to interpret it when possible. Obviously, you know, the creators get old and pass away, and you kind of have to be forced to do it, but... Clive Barker's still here. I'm sure he has a lot that he still has to offer on uh, filmmaking. Fuck.
3: So. Fuck it. Just fucking cast fucking Bill and I as Penhead.
0: <laughs> I thought you were going to say Robert E. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, Robert E. He's English. Freddy, He's yeah, Freddy in hell. <laughs> yeah, you know, and Bill Nye could play both Penhead and Freddy. Nice.
2: <laughs>
0: Freddy is kind of a Cenobite, I guess, if you think Mm. about
2: it. I mean, to an extent, he's a demon, so it it would be... I think it would loosely uh, work, yeah.
3: The box, you've opened it, Freddy, and we made you one of us.
2: Uh, uh, Where's
3: your daughter? (laughs) Oh, no, I don't want Lisa Zane in this. She already ruined Freddy's dead for me.
0: I think your nightmares will be legendary even in hell.
2: Even on Elm Street. <laughs> Even in
0: Springwood. Uh-huh. Uh, Alright. Uh, Derek, you got any news? We I good? have
3: nothing. I'm good. I, all I got is, you know, what I got for news is Mike Merriman was just cast as Freddy Krueger's son in the next Nightmare in Elm Street. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would, take it.
0: Well, as long as it's not as bad as that other Nightmare in Elm Street from a few years back.
3: Yeah. It's gonna be I wouldn't be able to live with myself. It's gonna be a direct sequel to Freddy's Dead. What are you talking about? Oh, which God. is even Freddy's worse. Than my, which is even worse than the remake, in my opinion, because at least the I, the remake's formulaic. It's not terrible. The Freddy's Dead is like fucking Rachel Talley be like, fuck this series. Let's just make it Twin Peaks and add fucking Tom Arnold in this movie. And you know what? I, I don't even hate Rachel Talley because I like Tank Girl. So let's just get right there. Oh, it has, it has girls fucking kangaroo men. Ha
4: <laughs> ha. Oh, well, the yeah. the, so the, the kangaroo be... the, the kangaroo dick was a deleted scene. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
4: well, when I you heard know? that they built the fucking kangaroo dick to use on screen, I was like, okay, that's a I thing wanted in this to movie. See man,
3: Laura yeah. Petty slammed <laughs> with a kangaroo cock. You know? Get <laughs> up. You know, so I don't hate I don't hate Rachel Tallahay, Mike. So don't, So you can't say that I do. You know, I like Tank Girl.
0: Yeah, I like Tank Girl. Yep. Uh, Gary, what about you? Any any surprise news from Gary's world?
4: No, the Hellraiser thing was the big one, I think, because you know, well deserved. You know, I could go back in right. his control again, and uh, I'm curious. I would love to see like a a Torment of the Week thing Ooh, with the Hellraiser yes. series.
2: Because uh-huh. I, I think that would really work. You know. Yeah. If done well, yes, it could absolutely work. Should I say if done correctly?
3: Oh, yeah. shit, I got breaking news right now, guys. Uh-oh. They pushed Screen 5 back to do reshoots where Mike Merriman will be joining the cast. Yay! As Sidney <laughs> Prescott's long-lost brother.
2: Well, do. no, I'm definitely not watching it.
3: Well,
0: they had to, to find a way to connect her back in it, I guess.
4: Very nice. Ah, <laughs> uh, Sydney's right. brother Stanley. Come on now, Stanley Merriman.
3: <laughs>
0: uh all right. Well, I don't really have a burning question for this episode. I kind of did that at the beginning with the
3: holiday shopping stuff. Oh, no, even, even the enough. HBO Max thing was pretty much a burning question. That's
2: sure. what I thought. I, I actually thought that's what you were going to go with, like the the you know uh, Warner Brothers releasing all their movies on TV, but. We did it anyway, like, so it's yeah, whatever. Yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah, so, so it kind of just blended the second. To be
2: segment.
4: fair, I think, I, I think the Dune movie will do better on HBO Max than it would be in theater, so... Yeah,
2: very true. Uh, yes.
3: Yeah. Uh, I don't know, it's villainy. Uh, yeah, But Dune, it Dune
2: is like theatrical kryptonite, man. No matter what anybody does with that movie, it just doesn't make money. It's too yeah. bad, because it's such a fucking great book. But... You gotta
3: yeah, the new one actually does... Uh, I'm very curious because I do like that director's movies.
2: Oh yeah, I'll check that out right away. That obviously that's another HBO Max from Warner Brothers, but yeah, I'll be I'll be right there. Uh, the Matrix Four, I think, was also on that list. We're getting that on HBO Max. Then I might
3: just wait till like five months down the line and after I hear what it's about. There you go. Because after <laughs> Part Three, I'm like, fuck the Matrix.
2: Ah. Don't,
4: don't don't forget Space Jam 2, yo. Come on. Now. Oh word. No, no 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 no.
3: We had a giant. Yo, I almost killed Moods the other night on Skype. I forgot to mention this. He went on a giant rant about LeBron James and then I'm like, you know he's going to be in Space Jam 2 as the main star, right, Moods? He's like, I'm about to go hang myself. Damn.
2: (laughs) Talking about my L.A. Laker there. What the hell? (laughs) What's funny, too, is I I actually am not the biggest fan of LeBron. I was kind of a a LeBron hater, you know, with a lot of other people. And then it's like he signs with the Lakers. It's like, well, fuck. <laughs> now I got a goddamn cheer for him. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, well. It's like me with oh, Cam Newton sports.
3: now. Like, oh, Cam, yeah, get tackled again. That's good for you, buddy. <laughs> Fucking Jesus Christ. It's, the worst. it's like back to Bledsoe years. Jesus <laughs> Blood
0: so right. Well, that wraps up pretty much the opening segment. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with our double feature, which has not even been mentioned. It's uh, Raw Meat from 1972, aka Deathline, and Creep from 2004. Not the Duplos Creep that came
2: no.
0: years later.
3: Yeah, we, we don't want to give Venom a brain aneurysm. No. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, if I was ever on a show where we reviewed the Mark Duplass um, uh, creep, uh, you would hear some uh, new levels of venting venom. God, oh, I'm, I I'm,
3: Patreon, hate that movie. I'm I'm Patreon at the twenty-two shots on a request. <laughs> do venom. it, do it.
2: Tell it. Them they, they have to have me on it cause, oh, and I've never even seen the second one. I'm willing to watch it if I have to, but I hated that first one so much, and I understand that I'm in the minority there. It seems like a lot of people really love that movie. Fuck that movie. I hate that movie. I can't stand that
3: Actually, unpopular opinion. I actually like the second one more than the first one. I wasn't actually a fan of the first one.
2: I'll, wa- so. I mean, yeah, I'll watch it eventually. I'm sure I'll have yeah. to eventually, so I'll check it I, out. But.
3: I, I think I just like the other character better in it. This is for that way. Well
2: that's that's part of the reason I hate the first one is because you, you give me a movie with only two characters and they're both complete pieces of shit and I don't really it's like why am I watching this? Why am I watching an hour and a half long movie with two people that I just want to watch die violently? And I know yeah. one of them's gonna die violently, so god damn it. Ravens <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, now I so need that, a fucking break, Mike.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. So that's their mini review on the other creep. Okay, there you say. go. <laughs> so <laughs> we will take a quick break and be back with our movies.
4: Excuse me, watch it. what's me, Sunny. Down below the street, can you dig the steady beat? It's a subway. Subway. Moving right along, hear the rhythm loud and strong. It's the subway. 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 There isn't. Room in this town. They put all that train sound under the ground. Buy a token now for a ride in Super One. On the subway. Subway! And he
1: hey,
0: took see home. He was You should say you're sorry. Hi, Sherman. Squeeze inside the door. He's nowhere very anymore. On the subway. Subway! subway.
4: Hang on to this drive. the strap. Wonder where they hit the knife. On the subway.
0: Subway! subway. subway.
4: It will go right by your local address. Swing to and pro, it's the only way to go on the subway. Subway,
2: ah, my went by.
4: on the subway. Subway!
1: You can lose your purse, so you might do something worse on the subway. Subway! It's the biggest travel bargain in
2: town. The log is running, show the ground. Come on, step inside, you'll get taken for a ride on the subway. Where's that? On, on the, the subway! subway.
4: We'll go right by your local address. Buy a token now or ride a simple while on the subway.
1: On the subway. Beneath modern London, in plague-ridden tunnels, a tribe of once human, neither men nor women, they are less than animals, the raw meat of the human race, who stalks those deadly shadows, whose cry echoes their horror, whose blood will flow when they strike again. when you left him. How many? Times Are you absolutely certain he didn't come up after? Yes. You mean he did? He did not. I think we were lucky. Why? Why? Whatever he saw was probably watching us.
0: Well, how can they survive without food? Mm. Mm. Because I should imagine as each one died, the others ate him.
4: Is
1: there any way out of here except up those stairs? Drop it. Why the Is there? Oh. You tell me. Oh, yeah, yeah. What strange hunger drives them to prey on the young and the strong? Dad? Dad? are you all right? <laughs> An experience in ultimate terror so fearful that no additional scenes can be shown in this preview
3: on the platform.
1: (laughs) 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 Come (laughs) on! (laughs) It's over (laughs) here!
0: back and we're ready to talk about some subway horror movies. We're going to start with 1972's Raw Meat, a.k.a. Deathline, When a government official disappears in the London tunnels after several reports of missing people in the same location, Scotland Yard starts to take the matter seriously along with a couple who stumble into a victim by accident. A victim, mind you, that uh, one of our couple just doesn't really mind much, just thinks it's a drunk person, which I guess would be understandable, given the situation if you frequent the subway. I don't. I'm on the West Coast. We're really not allowed to have subways out here because of earthquakes, although the closest thing we have to a subway is it's called BART. That's the acronym for Bay Area Rapid Transit. It does at one point go under the bay through a tunnel, but that's kind of brief. Um, so now that you've got your geography lesson... Uh, <laughs> venom what did you think of raw meat
2: um well this was a first time watch for me i had heard of this film before but i just never got around to uh i think i had heard it i had heard of it as raw meat so when when you guys first announced the movies for this episode i'm like what the hell is death that doesn't sound familiar at all but it makes sense um that it is raw meat um I gotta say, like um, this was this was a fairly fun movie. I was I, I you know I was on board for a lot of the storytelling, but my god, is Donald Pleasance just the beacon of light of this film? It, watching him be uh, an epic level asshole is such a treat. I, I I can't obviously most of us horror fans know Donald for you know obviously Halloween and Prince of Darkness and stuff like that, but. To, to see him play just an unmitigated asshole, it was such a pleasure. I really enjoyed it. And my absolute favorite scene in this film doesn't even have anything to do with horror. It's literally just the one scene where, you know, uh, Sir Christopher Lee makes an appearance, and it's literally just him and Donald Pleasance's character just flexing their dick at each other of who's the bigger douchebag, and... When the scene ends and Christopher Lee finally is like, ha ha, I'm king, asshole, the look on Donald Pleasant's face as he leaves the room in defeat is just so spectacular. Um, but as far as the horror goes, you know, we get some, you know, some decent kills, mostly off screen, which, you know, obviously I'm not the biggest fan of, but at the same time, um, And this movie's unrated, too, which is weird. I I, I mean, was this a theatrical release or was this a TV film? No, it's theatrical. Okay, it's so weird that it's unrated, but it's very tame as far as the gore goes. Um, You know, we do get some mild, you know, uh, blood splats here and there and, you know... Shovel uh, in somebody's head. Yeah, yeah, we do get a pretty awesome shovel, yes, absolutely. Um... But for the most part, um, you know, I I had a good time with this film. I definitely didn't regret the hour and a half I spent with it. Uh, Like I said, there's some really good performances. Our main uh, male actor, I thought, did a really good job. Um, Obviously, Donald Pleasance. Like I said, just a shock to see this guy play just such an unmitigated douchebag that, um, you know, it's a surprise and a treat all at the same time. But, yeah. I had a really, I had a pretty good time with this movie. Um, uh, I, I think I enjoyed our second film of the evening just a little bit more, and obviously we'll get into that in a little bit here. But yeah, overall fun time with raw meat. Definitely something I can see myself revisiting. Um, it did leave me with a few questions, which you know I'll, I'll get into once we all kind of get through our general thoughts. Because I'm sure I'm sure you guys have seen it more than me might be able to answer a question or two that I had from my one viewing, but. Yeah, overall, had a really good time with it.
0: All right, Uh, Derek, I know it's not your first time with this one. What'd you think of it?
2: Uh, Well, first
3: off, I know we actually, this actually has this theme that you picked actually is very interesting because this is not just Subway Horror. This is actually, these two films that we picked for these are actually directorial debuts for the directors. And of course, this one is directed by gary sherman who you know would go on to do like poltergeist three and dead and buried uh very underrated director in my opinion And the very interesting aspect of gary sherman is the history of how this movie came about because he's he's a american-born actor uh, director actually he has dual citizenship he's uk and american citizenship he actually has family that was in the uk He's actually funny and during like the lighter notes, he was telling the story. I'm the only good Jewish guy that had an English-sounding grandmother in Brooklyn, you know. Uh, you know, uh, the the whole way this movie came about was actually a discussion he had with one of his friends, who was director of Silence of the Lambs, Jonathan Demi. Who uh, actually he actually wrote the script for New York, and he wanted Demi to direct this film, and Demi's like, nah, you should do it, man." go for it. and the only person that was interested in it was uh, amicus co-founder Paul Malensky who was the producer of the film who was like we, we get, well I'll do this movie where we got to change to the UK and Gary Sherman had one discreet thing that he said that he wanted for the movie and that said the cast Donald Pleasance he went out of his way to get Donald Pleasance for that role and Donald wasn't really into horror films at the time. And he read the script and he loved the character and he decided to do it. And, you know, I love that aspect of the movie. It's all getting on this director's first time film and giving this guy a chance to, to do this. And the aspect of how Christopher Lee got involved in the movie, he actually did this movie for free just to work for Donald and It's actually the only scene they share together on film in wow. the history. Yeah. So, that's the only reason why Lee did the movie. Uh I I love it's a kind of a social commentary tale where I know the horror aspect of it's kind of minor, but I love the social commentary tale of like you see like the reactions between uh the American outsider uh David Ladd's character in the film. I can't think of the character's name off the top of my head with his girlfriend. I like that aspect of the movie. And I like how The whole inside of the Scotland Yard, then you know, it's like a dog eat dog world, and which is no pun intended. I think uh, the actor who plays uh, our main cannibal, Hugh Armstrong, actually does a lot of. It's a great performance because it's a very silent performance where he gives a lot of emotion, and you can see how he's feeling, especially when spoiler alert: his fucking former wife, cannibal wife, dies pregnant wife dies in the film and it's very sad in that aspect where you kind of do feel kind of bad for this guy because he's just trying to survive these people have been living under this underground for years in that aspect and it's kind of like a society thing where carrie sherman is trying to bring out it is a very slow burn atmospheric film in that sense and it might be a little tame for like a movie called in america raw meat But I think Deathline kind of fits it a little bit more. subtle. I actually like that title a little bit more because it kind of fits the film more, in my opinion.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: You know, and I just, you know, for the first time director, it has some great shots in it, like that whole tracking shot, which is very Tarantino-esque. You could tell Tarantino's like, you've probably seen this movie. He's like, I'm going to do that in every one of my fucking movies (laughs) where you get to see the whole location of some certain area. And I love that shot. It's, like, slow and moving, and you get to see, like, all the body parts on the floor. And, you know, it's gruesome, and you hear, like, nothing but, like, this the score of this movie is, like, heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I, I love this movie, but I can see why people wouldn't like it in that aspect where it's a little, maybe a little bit too slow, and mundane for them. But the thing that really saves it is Donald Pleasant's performance. I need tea. I need tea now. Fuck you, Christopher Lee. Oh, so good. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I enjoy this movie. but I can see, like, why
4: it wouldn't be for everybody. Too.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Gary, what about you?
4: Oh, I've seen this. It was, a, <clears throat> it was a blind buy at Best Buy one day when Best Buy actually had good stuff on the shelf, like, constantly. Mm-hmm. And, um... I think MGM put a DVD out, and, um... I didn't like it all that much as I, I forget when it came out on D V D. It was a long time ago though. It just uh like Derek said, it was a slow burn at the time. I really couldn't appreciate that and um but I, I enjoy this one a lot better now as probably fifteen years after I seen it in the original time. And I think it's um I know they had some I think Gary Sherman had some problems and I think I've heard this on yeah, Projection Booth. I heard an interview him talking about it. Is uh them cutting the shit out of this movie for I think either for UK audience or US audience I forget which one <laughs> so it's kind of like a a heartbreak for his very first film being ripped to shreds by different by, by the studio and I um we'll say the Poltergeist three he had a whole different film involved but you know they had death and despair unfortunately happened in that movie and yeah you got the film that you got Poltergeist three um. Yeah, great performances by Donald Pleasence. He, he, he kind of like it's kind of sounds like a shaky Columbo a bit if he was Donald Pleasence and um,
3: especially with his outfit, right?
4: With his, with his outfit too, yeah. Um, if this film had a healthy dose of Telly Savalas, I'm sure would have loved it a whole lot more. Cause you, <laughs> if you haven't seen Horror Express, uh, when Telly shows up, you, you get down to business, baby, and I love it so much. Um, that red Cossack jacket, man. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like the idea of, you know, the underground people not really being, like, undead or mutants or anything. They're just guys who, who – a guy and his wife who are just diseased from not eating and living in dang conditions. And, you know, they just happen to kidnap people to eat them. You know, this is uh, – you can tell that it went back a long ways. And by the, the tomb that you see at some point in this movie – and it's just really wild. It kind of reminds me of, especially when you get to the end part where the our main guy loses his girl to to the mutants, to the mutins, to, to the, to the, to the, home the 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 underground hobos, you know. And why oh why didn't we do Chud as a third film in this in this episode? It just would fit so goddamn well. <laughs> oh, bosh, bosh! I love I love Daniel Stern so much. Um, I digress though. Had yeah, a hills of eyes have eyes feel to it. Like they've been taking women for a very long time to collect them as their own, and I guess make new mutant babies or new new hobo babies. I, I, don't, I don't know. It just it just <laughs> seemed like that because he he was like protecting her in a way, like to say my wife is dead. This this is going to be my new my new wife, I guess. Because yeah. he, he laid her down all gentle like, yes, yeah, she was down there, but. That's why it kinda of felt like a Hills of Eyes vibe to me, cause mm-hmm. in the, in that movie they, they literally collected people to to make new babies and live in the hills and a real a real Stockholm syndrome situation. <laughs> yeah. Um I the fun. Gore's fun. Like I said, the shovel of the head's amazing. Yeah. Um, if you're a fan of Gore and you you wanna wait for it, it takes about forty five minutes to get there. So it, you if that's all you want, you might not like this movie so much and I liked it a lot better this time around, so here it is. <laughs> Good to hear.
0: All right, yeah, this, for me, this is the first time watch I had heard of this movie, um, but never got around to seeing it until now. Man, Donald Pleasance, like, uh, you know, for, for the fourth person talking about, it's hard not to bring up some of the same things, but I, I feel like, you know, the Donald Pleasance I know, familiar from, like, Halloween, obviously, Prince of Darkness. He's always had that edge to his character where you knew he had it in him for characters like this. And then um there's the the, the exploitation flick that he's in too. Wake and fright. Yeah, wake and fright where he's just uh like more over the top like this. But yeah, he just goes full on asshole on this and it's it's a pleasure to watch. Uh like everyone's mentioned the scene with Christopher Lee. Um it that was just awesome. Like just the presence there between both of them, especially for horror fans because you know two legends really and them facing off going one-on-one it was just it's just like a treat to watch i think i rewound that scene to just watch again because i was kind of not because i think uh before i watched it i had looked at the cast and initially remembered or i had forgot that Christopher Lee was even in it because it's the one big scene and wow it just, just kind of seen him and it's it almost like it doesn't feel right with either one of them like getting too much on the other one you know it feels like it's a good back and forth and you don't want to see either guy really back down or in the scene like besmirched or anything like that it, it was great Uh this movie it, it's uh it, it's a lot there's a, it's very talky you know there's uh, when we finally get to see what's going on down there it's like okay they're they're kind of cannibals due to uh <laughs> they're living in squalor situation. It's been going there, like their their living space set up. It, things go an interesting route in this, but I, I do like it. I've always found kind of like the, the concept of subways always a little frightening just for the potential. I mean, we are, we know in real life, like all, you know, obviously, you know, there's crime that takes place, like a lot of petty crime stuff, but you know, I, I think it always is. It makes for good horror to, to kind of get behind the scenes down there. What's going on? You know, when you're not out on the platform in the general public, what kind of weird, crazy things would you discover? It, it's just very good setting for horror movies, and I think this does a good job. I, I am with Venom. I think like the the other movie we're gonna talk about. It you know it, it does turn the dial on horror up a bit more. It's it's more kind of in your face like yeah Uh, yeah for the
3: time period too oh yeah
0: for the time period definitely i mean this is what 30 years prior uh yeah yeah, and i I still think this is for for 1972 what they're what they're showing and what what's going on it's it's great it feels like a little ahead of its time with what with the darkness in it um and you know, of course we you know we as we get to the end, it's just like the you you see everything is resolved, and then of course, in the distance, you're Find the door, but uh, yeah, I had fun with this, definitely a good first watch for me, I actually watched it twice just because you know.
3: Um, the show was pushed back so long. <laughs> you know, we were gonna,
0: we, I, I felt like you know, if it's been a month since I watched it, I better watch it again so I remember more of it. But yeah, it. I had I had a really good time.
3: One thing I forgot and, too, like when I first like seen this movie, is like how do like the sense score is so doomy and gloomy that it starts boom boom. boom, boom yeah,
0: that opening. Boom, that boom, opening boom, score. Boom. Ch-dum, 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 I thought it was porn. <laughs> yeah, Robbie Robbie so Rob with that song.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, the funny thing is is that uh, after that song starts, literally the character that we're following goes to a porn shop. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean,
2: yeah, I'm sure that was a purposeful choice on the soundtrack, but it definitely sounded like 70s porn at first. I'm like, "All right, I'm in." <laughs>
1: mhm. <laughs>
2: Um, there was one little goof in the movie. It, it's it's so dumb, but I had to bring it up because I'm a fan of both James Bond and just, like, spy movies and spy organizations in general. Uh, they introduced Kiss- Christopher Lee's character as a member of MI5. Unfortunately, MI5 stopped existing in 1931, and our movie takes place in the 1970s, I believe, early 70s, if I remember correctly. Um, Yeah, yeah, MI5 actually became, uh, I forget, they actually changed their name to, like, the Military Intelligence of the War Office, something along those lines. And then MI6, um, which is what we're more familiar with now from James Bond movies and, you know, stuff like that, um, they came into existence in 1931 as a separate division, so... I found it weird, because as soon as they said M- MI5, I'm like, wait a minute, MI5? Like, it, it literally, like, I didn't know why that felt wrong, but then I looked it up, and I'm like, oh, yeah, because it ended 40 years before this movie was made, so, yeah, little, little goof, no biggie.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of a shout-out to, if you didn't know, this is actually another Christopher Lee thing, Christopher Lee's actual cousin was Ian Fleming. <laughs>
2: Yeah, exactly.
3: You know, so I thought it was kind of cool in that sense.
2: Absolutely. You know. You know. <laughs> I guess that makes more sense as an homage, yeah. Uh, I- I'll accept it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Um. Yeah. The, what else do we got on this movie? Uh, Derek, you already mentioned the score. I kind of sang along with it, but I think the score is really good. I, I think... Uh, Man, that couple, are they going to last as a couple? Because, man, they, they really have disagreements over how they should handle the situation. With Maybe. The, yes. uh, <laughs> yeah, that,
3: that 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 that's probably my – that's where a lot of – I think a lot of the pacing thing is comes with people is that couple. Because it's like you get the Donald Pleasant stuff and then you get like the cannibal stuff. But then they add this couple into the mix and it's a mostly like melodramatic, oh, we're kids at school stuff. And, you know, I think that's the least popular stuff in the film, even though I still kind of do like it because, you know, the characters that made this discovery and made it weird to the, you know, the Scotland Yard that this shit's going on finally because they had, like, missing persons reports for, and they are like, oh, it was just a missing person, you know, and they're all connected to this one station. And I like that aspect of it. Donald Pleasant's, like, finally, like, oh, wait, this is all connected. You must find him. Give me some tea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would like some tea now. Yeah. <laughs> plus, yeah don't, don't be plus, late with his tea. That's a lesson.
4: Oh, yeah, exactly. He got to dig it out with that with that whatever uh, stick he was digging it out with. And um, <laughs> why was he making
2: such a big deal about the tea bags? Like, do I mean, English people not like tea bags? I, I guess, guess not. I, I guess think they yeah. want
0: the they want the loose leaf tea with like the little yeah. Little spoon colander thing.
2: Right, right. That's what I figured. But it's just so weird that he made such a big fucking deal about it. Plus, it's like
0: like his office. I don't think she's in charge of the tea.
2: She's just using what's available. (laughs) Buy the damn tea (laughs) once. Um, but like I said, I did have a couple of questions. One of them may have already been answered, but, um, I, I was questioning the wife, the quote unquote wife that we see die in the film. The cannibal's wife, of course. Yeah. Um, Like, I wasn't sure if that was just one of many. Like, maybe he's been spending years just kidnapping women and trying to have relationships with them, Or if that was, like, legitimately his wife and she's been there with him the whole time. I I, was just... I was a little confused on that. He he moved on
4: awful fast, is all I'm going to say about that one. (laughs) That is true.
2: But I have a feeling
3: that this one was, like... I think they were because of the way he broke down too right. it feels like they've been together for a while Yeah, and as we hear the story that this they're like the f- maybe fourth or fifth generation of what's been going on down there so it's even crazier when you think about that
2: it did you know. make sense. I mean, like, it, it did make sense that her skin was also fucked up like his. Yeah. So that obvious that supports the theory that she's been there with them a long time, probably eating raw flesh just like him. That's why they both look kind of diseased. But
3: because
2: mm-hmm. cause then there was that room, um, the room where he put his dead wife's body. Weren't there a bunch of other dead women in that room too? Yeah.
3: Or just it could have been just dead bodies from his, like his former family mates. You know.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's what I was confused about. I couldn't really tell. I thought it
3: might have been, like, a collection of other people they captured to eat.
2: No, you know, well, we know well, where we put those bodies. Yeah, because remember there was the room with all the bones? I think that's uh, where they
3: kept oh, you know, That's where the tunnel is. They put the food scraps where the tunnel is, where they exactly. actually climb out.
2: You know, to, to to maintain freshness, you know. <laughs> Whereas the bodies in that room didn't look like they had been eaten. They looked, they looked
3: like, like family members. Exactly. That's what the I was the generations of people that lived there.
2: Uh, yeah. So then yeah. when, he went, when he went and kidnapped, you know, our female heroine of the film, I, you know, I was like, oh, so is this just one of many or is this literally like his first attempt at trying to get a normal check down.
3: It, it, it seems like it's for his first attempt because it doesn't go well for him. Exactly. Either.
2: That's what I mean. It, it's so, it's like he had no plan whatsoever. He just kind of fell into her. So he grabbed her, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it's a minor confusion that really doesn't affect uh, the quality of the movie at all. Um, I did okay. like how he's, he's very obviously the inspiration for Ozzy Osbourne.
3: Fighting the heads Mind off animals. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> even talks like guys. Mind the doors. Yeah, that's true. Ah, it's so good. Um, and then the last. Oh, go, oh ahead. go ahead. Go
3: ahead. I was going to say there's actually an interview with that actor on the Blue Underground release, which Ooh. I I do recommend because it it's a brand new 2K scan of the film. It looks great. Oh, uh, nice. You know, and he actually goes into like how he came up with like the characters, like vocal realization and it's funny he, and he ends the interview on mind the doors
2: nice <laughs> <laughs> and then I mean the last thing and there's probably no real answer to this this is probably all just interpretation but the very end of the movie when we hear something it sounds like it's him but it, I, I, w- I wasn't sure if it was him and he actually survived or if it was another cannibal that maybe we had never seen in the film. You know what I mean? Like I was, I, That may have just been just an artistic choice where it didn't actually mean anything. They just threw it in there as like a, a, a final little you know, shot or whatever. But yeah. it, it just confused me. It's like, wait a minute. Is he dead or not? Because I thought he was dead or shit.
3: It actually could have been either or, you know, because... It's a kind of interpretation scene. It's like the thing, but they it a little different flavor. And you know, we could always complain about that with other movies from this time period because they ain't the first movie to do that.
2: Oh no, yeah, and I'm not complaining, mind you, so much as I'm. I just no, I know. Some kind of clarification, like I said, if he just did it as an artistic choice, just as a, a final caveat for the film, then fine. You know, it's not a big deal but I, I I was just wondering, like, wait, are they trying to set up a sequel? Or are they telling me that there's another one down there that we never saw? but it's not a big deal, honestly. It's just don't forget, guys, I overthink everything, so <laughs> I know, I know you you know
3: that this is this isn't gonna be like fucking race with the devil oh yeah okay. <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> but uh yeah i I don't like I was just blown away from that tracking chart. I'm like, Tarantino definitely saw this movie.
2: <laughs> you know, it's maybe like, even Carpenter. <laughs>
3: you know, it's just mind blowing that track. For a first time director, that shot is
2: it's, fucking it's it's great. a great shot. I wish there was more going on in the shot because ultimately it's just a scenery shot. It's just yeah. a long tracking shot showing, you know, all the different corridors and rooms in there. And after a while I'm watching it and I'm like, yes, Artistically, this is very nice it's it's aesthetically pleasing, but how long is this shot where nothing happens because ultimately nothing happens it's It's just an establishing shot, and that's fine uh but yeah, I just after a while I'm just like, oh my God, something happened
3: <laughs> please it, it, yeah, I know but i I kind of liked it because it it kind of gave the place of its own characterization it makes it feel like it's its own character because we hear stories about like this yep. lost underground area, you know, which, yeah. you know, we have like one minor complaint with the next movie. You you never spend any, like they find secret rooms and they never spend five minutes in them, you know what I yeah, mean? Absolutely. You never get to see them, you know? And I like the aspect where they make this place feel like its own character because it has like its dark history where, you know, you get that scientist, Tell the story to Donald Pleasence, and then and boom—you're in the scene where you see the area and you see the dead guy that they've been looking for. You know
2: yeah, absolutely. On, on an artistic level, it's very aesthetically pleasing. I have no problem with the shot. I just can see—I I can see modern horror fans, you know, halfway through the tracking shot, just you know, looking at their phones, looking at their clocks, like is something going to happen? What the hell? But you know, ultimately, you know, for for just its visuals, it is it is a great shot. So yeah. I'll go with that. Yep. For sure. <sighs> yeah. Anything else, Mike, on this one?
0: Uh nope. Just man, enjoyed it a lot. Donald Pleasance. Never a bad time to watch him on film.
2: Yeah. This definitely changes the way I look at Donald Pleasance. Because like I said, I've never really seen him in, in a role. Where he was this just inflammatory and aggressive towards oh, everybody. Wait, wait,
3: wait, wait! Do you finally see Wake and Fright Venom?
2: Oh, yeah! I'm excited. <laughs> uh, he, he, yeah, uh, you gotta
3: see it. <laughs> it's
0: great. I will
2: check it out. That's the Aussie one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll definitely check that out.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. Uh, yes, indeed. And now we will move on to 2004's Creep. Trapped in a London subway station, a woman who's being pursued by a potential attacker heads into the unknown labyrinth of tunnels beneath the city streets. No, the Cenobites do not show up in this labyrinth. It's something else. David Bowie. Um, (laughs) 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 Uh, Creep from 2004. Venom, what did you think?
2: All right, well, this definitely not a first-time watch. I've seen this a few times. Most recently, I watched summer it. Summer series. Exactly, for Duncan's summer series on Podcast Under the Stairs for uh, 2004. I was I was one of the adjudicators for 2003 and 2004. So um, I, I when I watched it th- earlier this summer, it, it was probably the most fun I've had with the film. Um, because the first couple of times I watched it, I got to tell you, I had a major problem with our female lead. Uh, Some of the choices that she made, some of the things that she did and didn't do in the film left me really, really sour the first couple of times I saw it. I've softened up on her a little bit over the years as far as, you know, because I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. She's hysterical. She's never dealt with a situation like this, blah, blah, blah. But... Like I said, I I mean, right off the bat, like within, still in the first act, a a guy tries to fucking rape her, like really hard, like practically has his dick out of his pants already. And then within five minutes, she's concerned about his safety. And like I said, the first couple of times I watched the film, I had such a major problem with that. Um, But like I said, I understand that she's, you know, she's a good person, she has a giving nature even she doesn't want to see even a piece of shit suffer so you know i'll give her the benefit of the doubt but yeah i definitely had problems with her character the first couple of times absolutely love our villain you know i I love his design i love um how they show um maybe not to the extent that we saw in raw meat but we see a lot of aspects of his lair some of the tunnels that he lives in um, you know, I love the way he 's kind of harvesting food in the film uh, i won 't get into any specifics in case anyone hasn 't seen this yet but yeah there 's a there 's a pretty cool scene about halfway through the movie that shows how he captures people and how he keeps them quote unquote fresh for later um so that was kind of interesting um you know i i i I enjoy the ending the ending 's satisfying you know it doesn 't it doesn 't leave too much open ended um, you know, we get a, a pretty great little final fight between, you know, our quote-unquote creep, if you will, and our female heroine. So, yeah, overall, really enjoy this film. Uh, we get some decent gore. Um, I like the noises that the creature makes. You know, sometimes it sounds like he's... And he does actually speak, too, uh, you know, um, a little bit clearer than, say, our antagonist from Deathline, uh, Rami. Um, you know, he actually has a couple of lines that are very distinct later in the film, but then he still also has very animalistic. Sounds. There it is, yeah, that's one of them, um, which I actually thought was really cool. I, I actually thought he was like communicating with someone else because he would do that scream in the tunnels where it would resonate really loud. So I was expecting like, you know, maybe in, at the end of the movie, the reveal that there was somebody else there. Cause I was convinced he was actually communicating with another, but it, it seems like he's just making noise to make noise. So, um, but yeah, I, some, you know, again, some brutal kills, um, you know, maybe one or two kills that I thought were unnecessary because of the poor judgment of our female heroine. But I don't. Know, overall, I really like this movie. I like the setup. Um, you know, I liked all three acts. I I was very satisfied with the ending, the creature effects, the gore, and the final you know chase slash fight scene. So yeah, overall, really enjoyed this one.
0: All right, Derek, what did you think of Creep on this watch?
3: I actually reviewed this movie before. If you know, I actually did an episode of Cinema Attack where I actually did all four of Christopher Smith's horror films. And this is his first film. Uh, Like I said before, this is a directorial debut film. (laughs) You know, and the thing I got to say, if you watch all his movies in a row, they're all completely different. You'd be like the guy who did Creep did Severance, you know, nice. and he also did Triangle and he did Black Death. They're all like different movies, mm-hmm. which I kind of like. Mm-hmm. It gives you a different flavor. Yeah. each movie. But uh, Creep, very interesting. It's kind of plays, kind of has its own social commentary, like Deathline did. You can see he was probably influenced by Deathline and just wanted to make like a more straightforward horror film for me since he's like a UK director, which makes sense. And you know, uh, what's the main actress's name in this? I know her because she's run lower run.
2: Um, she's German. Uh, Franca? Franca Patente?
3: Yeah, Franca Patente. Franca, yeah. I, I kind of agree on Venom, her character does make stupid decisions, but it makes sense for her character, in a sense, for me personally, because we see her at that party in the beginning. And she's like, "I wanted to go with coke. Does anybody got coke? I gotta go meet George Clooney. You know, I gotta do coke. You know, she's a dumb blonde in the beginning of the movie. I like how her character kind of grows as the movie progresses, where we kind of do get to roof her, especially after she gets captured by this thing. She gets it change. This event changes her, and I like that aspect when we see the final scene. She's. Changed for the rest of her life. She's never taken that subway ever again. Oh, never, <laughs> never. Yeah. You know, you know, and she's that sense. And you know, I love the it actually played by actor Sean Harris. Actually, his first role. Uh, Sean Harris went on to play in Possum. You oh, guys, nice. Yeah, yeah, he's the main. He's the main guy in Possum.
2: Oh, I didn't even recognize him. Well, obviously, but yeah,
3: no, yeah, great was, move. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's a he's he's an interesting look to. His normal look to him without the makeup's even interesting, but uh, it's interesting what they do with his prosthetics in this. Uh, You know, it's fun. There's some characters where I'm like, okay, this guy's like, I can't swim. Why the fuck are you working in a sewer line? Shut the fuck up. I hate that dude. (laughs) I was glad when he finally (laughs) fucking died. You know, I know he had a kid and shit, but why are you taking a job in a sewer if you can't stand water? I'm like, uh-huh. uh, i I get it. I, I think they actually had a throwaway line where he was on probation or something. Yes. So, yep. so, yeah, you know, so it makes sense. It was like, Ugh, this character's fucking useless. And he made that one fucking, you know, oh, she's dead. And like That scene pissed me the fuck off. When they oh, yeah. Her, you know? I'm like, kill this fucking dude after that scene. You know, I'm, tr- and I'm always trying to survive, but come on. That's fucked up.
2: You know? Yeah, I mean ultimately i think he just made a mistake i don't think because because he never actually checked the body i understand that but at the same time if someone's never seen a dead body before it's asking a lot for them you know to ask them oh go check and make sure they're actually dead yeah Yeah. go go poke around at the body a little bit yeah exactly i was was
0: thinking that too like he he might have honestly thought well just from where he was standing initially like oh she's dead he didn't think to like oh i gotta actually go in there and you know, physically check the body, and then right. by the time they're further down the tunnel, he's like, "Well, fuck, I ain't going back at this point."
2: <laughs> exactly. And I, I ultimately, honestly, yeah. I mean, even even if he knew she was alive, what are they gonna do for her? I mean, she's yeah, dead man, anyway. It's sad
3: yeah, I, yeah, I honestly feel bad for homeless couple, even though they are uh, just homeless and drug oh, yeah. addicts. It's, they were the only people I felt up. bad for. Yeah. <laughs> You know, in that sense, because, you know, I'll give you all my money if you help me get out of here. I'm like, oh, fuck, these guys are fucked because they're getting involved, you know. Uh, yeah, I still enjoy the movie, though. It's a movie where a flawed character that grows into a strong character, if that makes sense. It's kind yeah. of one of those type of movies where I kind of enjoy those type of movies where they change as the movie progresses. And it's the way I feel about, like, The Fun House. That main girl changes throughout the movie for the better. You know. Yeah. She's like, I'm never going to fun houses. This girl's like, I'm never going to the subway again.
1: No, I hear and, you know,
3: you know, <laughs> I like that aspect of these movies and you know, it has an awesome kill scene at the end We're involving a chain. But yeah, we we'll
2: Another thing I forgot to mention that I really enjoyed about Creep more so than Raw meat is that Raw meat I felt tipped their hat a little too early in the movie. They show us, you know, they show us our antagonist in the very first act of the film. Whereas Creep they kind of hide our creature for most of the first act. So I remember the very first time I watched this movie, I wasn't sure if this was a slasher or a creature feature. And I like that. I like that it's keeping me on my toes. It's keeping me guessing, but not in a frustrating way, you know? And then when we actually do get the reveal of what's down there, it's very satisfying. You know, I'm not unhappy with it whatsoever. So, yeah, another great thing I thought they did in this movie.
3: Yeah, for sure. I really dig it. Gary.
0: Yeah, what's up? Y'all going to creep, Gary? It
4: it was a first time watch for me and um it was a good watch. I mean, I I've been following Franca for for, for a little bit now. My buddy was a big fan of Run Lola Run and um what was the other uh, one? Princess and the Warriors, is a movie she's in that he'd constantly watch so i I was aware who she was not um not that I was a bigger fan of he was, but he um that's like and of course she was um i think she was in the first born film she as was in, uh,
3: she was in born one and beginning of part two
4: yeah mm-hmm. that was uh Matt Damon's love interest slash protected lady I don't know in that movie, but yeah. um I digress this movie um it was very interesting to me. I mean, a lot of you guys covered a lot of points or anything. This irresponsible girl who got in a situation where she really couldn't get out of. and uh, um, With this thing, And I, I was grateful that this creature, this creep guy, had some practical effects going for him. Because this movie could have went, turned to shit really fast with a CGI creature yeah so so to have an actor in this role you know do doing stuff and being this 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 character um i've seen so many other films go the other way where they just give you this cgi piece of shit looking. you know this is the budget that we have but um i love the look of him i love the sores on his back i love i love how gross he looks in the face and and um, his intentions, it was a nice twist, his, intent, his actual intentions, were whereas, you know, in Death Deathline, it was to, I guess, find a wife and eat people, their intentions of objective folks in there. This one is, I don't know if we're, we're spoiling this or not, guys, or? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, it. This organ harvesting. I, I didn't see that coming, and it, it kind it of is a thing in this movie, and um, I like that twist. I like that we have, again, we have an actual... Guy being the monster, not not a CGI mess, mm-hmm. and I love the conclusion of this movie. I think that's pretty great. And again, there's there's no reason why this girl should have lived, and all these other folks die. And, yeah. and <laughs> you know it's it, 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 it the thing of this movie though, and and she lives because she's your main your main person, and other guys getting poked with a stick down below in those water tanks, and yeah. It, it, uh, <laughs> Which I, I thought was hilarious. He's like, he's like, oh, he's like I'm not dead, you, you motherfucker, or whatever he calls the thing. Yeah. Because he he him poking him with sticks all this time. You go, I guess to see if they're dead, We just been poking him with a stick. Yeah. It's like, oh, this this one's ripe, y'all. Pick this one next. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Dinner <laughs> is served. Organs are <laughs> served.
4: Organs are served. served. And there's a scene in the movie that. Particularly gross to be honest. I don't even know why he put an outfit for this. He put on the apron. And the dirty
2: gloves. The dirty gloves. Dude, the surgery scene is probably my favorite one in the movie. It's equal parts funny and fucking terrifying. I love that scene.
0: Yeah, the, preps, really the his, his
2: prepping it, for it, it is it, hilarious. It, it, and that is great. So, are we to believe that it. he's a former doctor, or does he just watch a lot of doctor TV shows? <laughs> well, he,
3: it's honestly we see like a picture of him as a kid earlier, in like one of the, that's, that's right. why I wish they kind of build it a little bit more with that shit, where we get to see like maybe like other because he was like actually an experiment there, right? You know, and that's why he looks the way he does. Like he's like a half rat boy now uh Mm -hmm. that's the way i would describe it but it's kind of sad in that sense where he's you know he actually has a name too in the movie like an actual name and that's when he reacts to it when she actually calls him by his name greg uh it's very interesting aspect where this guy was turned into this thing to do this you know Mm -hmm. and it's fucked up in that sense and like i pick up Sean harris like He's been a big star. He's been been, like, like we said, possum, but for like bigger bunch of shit. He was in Prometheus.
2: Uh, Yeah, a couple of Mission Impossible movies.
3: Yeah, like Rogue Nation. Yeah, he's a. So, yeah, he's big, big ups. He's great in this
2: movie. Yeah, great, great makeup job too. I mean, I know Gary mentioned it, but I I gotta say, I'm looking at a picture of Sean Harris right now, and I would never in a million years pick him out in a lineup. If it was, it, you know, if you put him there with uh, the creep uh, character, so great makeup job. I mean, when you make it, when you make an actor that unnoticeable um, or you know, un, uh, you can't pick him out in a crowd. Yeah, that, that's some great work.
3: Good shit, man. Yeah, this movie's
2: great. Yep. Uh, Mike, what do you got?
3: Yep,
0: I am a fan of this one. I've seen it once before, um, but it's been a while. I had forgotten a lot of details about it. But, man, this this hits all the notes you want on a horror movie. Something creepy going on in the subway. Um, yeah, Like you guys, I feel bad for the homeless couple. They were just kind of minding their own business, living, living their lives. Uh, and here comes the main character to screw everything up, involve people in her business, and, and what do they get for their efforts? Death. And the dude later on to, like, can't remember his character's name, but the black guy who ends up dying after nearly, you know, saving the day a couple times. He yeah. he finally gets uh, the old, what, exposed stick wall pipe through the head. <laughs> um, and if she just would have listened to him and said, let's take off, they probably would have got away. I agree that, you know, the mock surgery scene, it was kind of funny scene to prepare, trying to put the gloves on and i feel like you know they you you guys were just kind of hitting on this they do like a little bit to kind of give a a little background to give us a few pieces of what his origin might have been and and all that and how he's experimental and he's he he's kind of what's left from you know whatever um and it's kind of sad but it's like one of those cases where like any sympathy you could have for that kind of put aside once he starts just murdering people okay. and uh, man he it,
3: started doing giant surgery on people too like yeah oh, exactly <laughs>
0: no yeah and that was just a harsh harsh scene once you realize what the hell it is he's about oh. to do um but i think this works just really well as a horror movie i i would recommend it to anyone to watch because i think it's I think it's really well done and once things get started, I mean I think it's paced pretty well. Uh once we're down in the subway, it doesn't really let up until the end. Um and you know, I think it's it's a pretty good running time, not much wasted, just under ninety minutes is about all you need, you know, for this amount of story. And uh it's really, really effective, really good, and I like how it too, it starts out like you don't even think it would necessarily be a movie that would go this direction because at first she's just kind of being chased by just like a regular creep. Um, yeah. And you 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 get the feeling like okay, is this what it's going to be about? Like her being pursued by this guy in the subway, you know, she's trying to get away and all that. And then you're like, okay, th- that's what it's going to be. And then it quickly shifts away from that. And I, then, I
3: would agree with that, Mike, but unfortunately they had that opening scene where I don't think, uh, that dude, I actually got to mention a funny story about that dude, but the thing is the opening sequence kind of gives you an idea that there's something else going on.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, mm. we know there's something else going on. Ultimately, I just didn't know like what, like how
3: it's basically. a plague with the, it, it's kind yeah. of a plague with these 2000 or at least these, mid the like Splinter actually has a scene like this, which it's actually a negative that I had in the movie Splinter, is they show us that there's something going to be happening at this gas station later on in the movie, which I wish they kind of kept it kind of secret mm-hmm. in that movie. It's kind of a plague with a lot of like these mid to late 2000s movies, unfortunately. But it's, it's just the time of the era, you know, they all have it. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. he's
0: Because I yeah, if they take away that cold opening, or I don't know if it was a cold opening, but if they just take away that opening scene, then you really would have
3: no idea. Exactly. Uh, This
2: I mean, Mike's probably the only one who will be able to answer this question, but did anybody else think that (coughs) that the creep? Walked just like Conor McGregor.
3: <laughs> like you know how he
2: walks with his arms behind him, almost like he, he's George. He is Jefferson? Scottish. He is Scottish so I mean, he was, was strutting. Yeah, this dude was. What's his name? Sean Harris. Yeah, he was strutting throughout the movie. I loved it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, oh, that's actually a funny observation. I didn't even think of that.
2: <laughs> I, as soon as it, I, I don't remember uh, where I saw it. Here it is. It's in my notes. It was right after the first time he squealed really loud, and when he walks away, he literally looks like he's strutting like Conor McGregor. I thought it was great. <laughs> the, the,
3: the real question is, how that other asshole get in the subway with her, the guy that tried to rape her?
2: Yeah, that, that is a valid point, because, I mean, he had to... I mean, obviously he was following her, so, however... Where'd he get a train? You know? <laughs> right, yeah. Right into a train with no one on it, too. I mean, the... the, the uh, the convenience level there is a little high, but, you know, I, it wasn't so bad. That, it, like, that guy always
3: plays it. that type of character, too, in movies. Uh, he, was well, kinda, he has the face. Yeah, he <laughs> was in, like, The Wedding Day with Deborah Messon. He was the guy that her ex-boyfriend in that movie that was a piece of shit. Uh, don't ask me how I know about that movie. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and he was also in the, the Christmas horror movie The Children, which is about the... Killer Kids. Uh, he plays uh, the uncle that's kind of the cool uncle that gives people weed. Uh, so he always plays like that kind of character in movies.
2: Yes, I mean he's got the right face for it. I mean he literally looks—he's got a face that you just want to punch over and over again. So and, yeah.
3: And if you haven't seen the children, he has probably one of the best deaths in that movie. It's not nice. going to spoil how it happens, but yeah.
2: Cool. <laughs> And, and then the last thing I'm going to say is uh, at least the dog lived, so that's a nice silver lining.
3: Yeah. The, <laughs> you think Alexander Aja saw this movie? He's like, oh, oh god, the dog lived in my movie.
2: That's the thing. Every time I see an, a pet in a, in a horror movie, I just yeah, instantly my stomach just gets the that feeling of, ah, oh, shit, I'm going to have to watch an animal die. So <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: whenever they do something like this or crawl or whatever where the animal actually lives... It's a refreshing change. Loving too.
3: monsters, yeah. You know?
2: Yes, loving monsters too, that's right. Spoiler,
3: yeah.
4: <laughs> hey, Gordon had it right in part four, he committed suicide, so you know, Friday <laughs> Thank four.
2: probably for Yes, I agree. <laughs> Gordon he just hey, said, buddy.
3: This. <laughs> imagine if they ever make a sequel, Tommy Jarvis just comes out of nowhere with Gordon. Gordon's still with me.
2: That'd be great. But He's got to be missing a leg or an eye or something, <laughs> you know?
3: A patch I, on his
2: eye. Yeah, make it look like he survived, but he still went through some damage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, um, I do wish that there were less off-screen kills. Like in the first half of the movie, we get like a few off-screen kills in a row, and that always, off-screen kills, especially for R-rated horror movies, always kind of takes me out of it. Now, by the second half of the movie, yes, all the kills are pretty much on screen. You see everything, but I don't know. Like, a cut, like the, 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 the subway guy at the beginning, you know, we, we, we don't see what actually happens to him. They, they just find his body. Um, mm-hmm. You know, same thing with the rapist. You know, we don't actually see what the creep does to the rapist, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I would have liked to have seen a little bit more there. But at the same time, I do understand the filmmaker's decision. To kind of ramp up the brutality as the movie goes along, so I see both yeah.
3: sides. Yeah, for sure.
2: But I'm a like gorehound, so yeah, like I, I want people just get eviscerated. <laughs> like I
3: said when we get to the scene where the creep gets his fucking throat throat ripped out by because ah, the chain so- gets connected yeah. to a train and he's just squirting blood like fucking kill bill style, it's fucking amazing.
2: Yeah, yeah that's funny too because uh, when she when she set up the chain and wrapped it around him, I on I thought that the. You know, I, I thought that the train would hit the chain and it would just like drag him away up the train tracks, but I, I'm very on board for what they decided to go with, with it just ripping his throat out. That was great.
3: <laughs> like Especially when he was about to get the upper hand and kill her,
2: too. Exactly, yeah. I mean, he was literally inches away from winning the day. So, yeah. Uh, uh Yeah, that's all I got in my notes. <laughs> that's all I got,
3: man good movie good director too like I said I do recommend all four of his movies for different reasons they're all different like Black Death's probably my favorite of his movies because it's got Sean Bean and it's about the Black Plague it's like hammer horror ish it's I love Black Death
2: yeah Black Death's awesome
3: yeah Triangle's different it's got kind of like that loop thing it's weird and Severance Mm -hmm. is a horror comedy it's fucking great
2: yeah Triangle's the only one I haven't seen I'll have to check that out you yeah, might, tri- I,
0: Triangle's cool. It's a cool concept. In movies like that, it's always kind of like there's always going to be problems. How they up. end up? Yeah, it's it's when people try to pick apart like the nitty gritty of like without
3: you know, giving too much away. But movie. yeah, I, I know Venom might have maybe some problems with that one because we talked about movies like that that he had problems with in the past. Sure,
2: eh, I'll check it out. Either way, I like the I like the other three movies, so I'm down. Yeah. Ah, all you right.
0: Know, you got anything else, Gary?
2: I just want Friday the
4: 13th 4.5 Gordon comes home now. See, you know. <laughs> it's like, man, Tommy, I've seen some shit. He comes to kind of some psychic link with the dog, you know. Uh, uh... And <laughs> when
3: we find out that Gordon was part of the Watchers experiment and we get Jason fights the Watchers monster.
4: Oh, yes. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I dug it, man. I would recommend it. I mean, I mean for the for further for the, for the bad guy alone, I mean, the fact that it didn't go CG is, I have to admire that in, in a, I'm sure, a limited budget movie. So, um, kudos to that actor, for sure, in this movie. Not many other actors, but that guy's great.
3: <laughs> for sure. Hell yeah. He's great when he fights Tom Cruise in Rogue Nation.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright, well, that's Creep. So that's going to wrap up the movies and the episode for number 26. But before we get out of here, we got to let everyone know where else they can hear it. It's, It's been a month and a half of other shows, guest spots, guest appearances, all that good stuff. So hopefully we all have something. So Venom, I'll start with you. Where else should people be listening to you?
2: All right, well, uh, this past week I finally made my triumphant return to It's Not Horror Okay after missing, what, like two or three episodes in a row for various reasons, Uh, you know, uh, mostly medical. Uh, But um, yeah, we looked at um, 1981's Kill and Kill Again, which of course is the sequel to uh kill or be killed uh, it is a uh what a south african martial arts film from the 80s um very guilty pleasure i mean it's it you know it's very cheesy by today's standards of course but i remember at the time being like 10 11 years old and absolutely loving those two movies so uh check that out that episode should be out sometime this coming week um in the Mike of madness also made a return a couple of weeks ago after rebecca reinhardt finally came back from all of her independent horror you know producing and acting and everything else that she does um and for our return episode we actually did uh we didn't want to talk about any particular movies because we kind of threw the episode together pretty quick because we just wanted to get something out there because we hadn't done an episode in like three months so uh we decided to do our top 10 spank bank scenes in horror. Yes, those wonderful scenes that we rewound and watched 12 or 13 times, you know, back when we were 12 years old because we couldn't get our hands on any porn. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so all three of us had a top 10 list. Uh, their lists had a lot more like 80s and 90s stuff, whereas, of course, me being the old man, I pulled out a lot of 70s horror, just Franco stuff, you know. Uh, a lot of the cool, like you know, um, uh, what do you call it? Vampiros Lesbos and just a bunch of great vampire. Oh. Exactly. Horror, uh, hammer horror stuff. You know, uh, the Wicker Man, the uh, the the striptease and Wicker Man was on Ingrid. my list. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, uh, so we did that. Um, our next episode will be recording, uh, I believe, next week, and we're going to go ahead and finish finish up our Frank Henenlotter retrospective with uh, Basket Case 2 and 3, so look out for that episode um, in the coming weeks. Um, uh, What else? Oh, uh, another of my shows making a triumphant comeback is, of course, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, which I share with Derek, of course, and Donna Nelly and Mr. Jerry Herring from Kill the Cast. Um, You know, we had to take an extended hiatus for various life reasons, uh, but we are going to be back recording very soon when uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about my favorite Godzilla Heisei-era film, and that's uh, going to be um, Godzilla versus Destoroyah. And, of course, we will continue our Ultraman retrospective with episode 23 of that series. Uh, look out for that. I, I Derek, do, are we recording this coming weekend or next weekend? I forgot. I, I'm not sure. I don't think we actually picked a date yet. Oh, okay. So... Uh, But, I mean, Jerry Herring's officially back. He already released a Kill the Cast episode, so uh, look out for Underwater Kaiju on the Legion Podcast Network, or wherever you get the podcasts. Um, What else do we got? Obviously, the sidecast of this show, Fresh Cuts, uh, which is, of course, a weekly show. Last week, we looked at Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor. And uh, this week, actually tomorrow, we'll be looking at the latest Spanish horror film to release on Netflix. In in Spain, it's called Voces, which is the trans, which literal translation is voices. Uh, but I, but in America, the film is called Don't Listen. And like I said, it is available currently on Netflix. Um, and I did do a guest spot uh, a couple of weeks ago on the Twenty Two Shots of Moods and Horror show. Uh, Derek mentioned er, mentioned it earlier. I was back uh, for my second time as part of the Italian Horror Month series. This time we looked at three films from Alberto Di Martino or Di Martini, depending on uh, where you look. Uh, and we looked at the killer is on the phone, Antichrist and Holocaust 2000, also known as the Chosen. Um, all you know, I enjoyed all three films, but we had varying levels of enjoyment from the other hosts. So uh, that episode is currently available. They're still on the horophilia network for the time being. Uh, so go ahead and check that out. And um, a- and then the last thing I have is in two days, I will be back on Cut to the Chase for the first time in a year. And I will be back once again for my second time to discuss uh, a Christmas film. Um, so I will be on, I believe I'm on the second or third episode of uh, Mary Chasemist. And we're going to be looking at Edward Scissorhands, a film that I haven't watched in over 20 years. So this is going to be a fun experience. I remember loving the film when I saw it the first time. But like I said, I literally I think I saw it once in theaters and that was it. So this is going to be a long overdue revisit. Uh, We're going to be recording that this Tuesday. So I would say look for that sometime at either the end of this week or the beginning of next week. And I think that's it for me, Mike.
3: All right, Derek, what do you got? Oh, my God, I'm, it's done. She's I'm <laughs> I know, <laughs> ben, ben was back to the lineup there. <laughs> you know, again, uh, quick side note, uh, I actually learned this during uh, listened to a podcast recently. You guys heard of the movie Ice Cream Man with Clint Howard, right? Yes, sir. The same director directed Edward Penis Hens.
4: <laughs>
2: I've seen that, too. That was awful.
3: <laughs> you know, you know, it's kind of mind blown when you find that out. Like the guy who made that movie made Ice Cream Man. <laughs> you know, but either way, no, uh, they're both
2: kind of sneezy though, so it does kind of track.
3: Yeah,
2: the <laughs> Ice Cream Kid.
3: <laughs> yeah, but anyways, uh, yeah, you know, Cinema Attack. We just recorded a Hotel Inferno episode with uh, Don and Elliot That's out there. We're actually recording. Next weekend, we're doing the Santa Claus trilogy with my boy Tim Allen. Whoop, whoop. Oh, yeah. Talking about some Martin Short up in that bitch in the third one. Oh, yeah.
4: It really you know, kicks up that second one, which really was fucking terrible, so. <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> with toy Tim Allen.
4: Hey, this co- uh, Cocoa's awesome. Oh, ho, oh, oh. ho. <laughs>
3: yeah.
4: uh, I like them all. Yeah, they're various, you know. But uh, I I I think I think his son is what turns me out for those films now. Like he he, 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 even when he gets older, he's he's like that little kid still. You want to punch him in the head. He's a little bit, you know. You know,
3: you know. It's weird when they started replacing the the son with uh, the the other his sister slash uh, Judge Reinhold's daughter in the movies. (laughs) It's weird. Oh boy. You know, it's
4: like you get if, too old. Your voice is a little too low now, boy. You know,
3: we're going to replace you with the other kid. That's not even related to Scott. <laughs> you know? It's weird in that sense, but I still dig him. You know, there's some fun characters. It's funny that the warden, the side note, the warden from Death Warren plays the two fairy.
4: <laughs> Tim Allen just telling the boy, You remember what happened when Jobs and Taylor mm-hmm. Thomas crossed me, don't you? Fucking chill this career, okay, you know?
3: <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, that's coming out soon. And, of course, uh, they are here, podcast. We're just setting up a date. I think probably after the holidays, after Chase Miss is over, that will be done with. And that'll be it. And, of course, Underwater Kaiju, like Venom said, a few guest spots that I just did recently. I actually guest starred in the first Cut to the Chase. Chase Miss episode where we did Bad Santa one and two, Ooh. which was a fun time. That's actually out now, so check that out. It's pretty fun. I say fuck a lot and fuck me Santa. <laughs> yep. You know, fuck me
4: Santa, fuck me. Santa. You know,
3: oh yeah, <laughs> Gary knows.
4: Lauren uh, Graham, God damn man, that's all I'll say about
3: that one. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit off here, Gary. <laughs> uh, and I also just actually recorded an episode today. I actually guest starred on a. Special Patronics episode of "It came from a Monster movie," which is uh, my friend Henry's podcast, where uh, you know, we actually watch the movie, we do like a quick intro, watch the movie, and then we dissect the movie with three different uh, I think it's three or f- four different layers where we actually grade like story, characters, monster concept, monster design, execution, entertainment and then give, like, a letter grade at the end after he adds it all up. It's it's actually a fun time, you know. We actually kind of makes, it kind of breaks down the movie a little bit more, especially when we get into the monster genre, where a story, we might give, like, a two two, but we might give, like, entertainment, like, a five. That's how that goes, you know, in that sense. It's kind of fun. We, we did King Cobra, a.k.a. Pat Marat, Moretti versus a snake. Mr. Miyagi fights a snake, yo. Nice. Is,
4: uh, yeah, I've seen
3: that, that
4: one. Casper Van Dien or something in that movie, too? No, it no, a...
3: no, it's, it's it Mr. Bill... Miyagi, Hoyt Axton as the mayor.
4: Uh, Billy and... Zabka, right?
3: Nope. Erica Strotter as a gay guy.
4: William, William Zabka is in one of those snake movies. I forget which one it is, though. It's, it's, um...
3: Oh, Courtney yeah. Gaines is in it again, too. I forgot Courtney Gaines is in it. Oh, and, and the snake's actually made by the Kyoto Brothers. Oh, nice. Yeah, so Killers? that's wow. the, high, the highlight of the movie, but that's yeah. about it, Mike, for
4: me. I, I got a question. Do did, did they, did they shit on Courtney Gaines' house in that movie? Because, you know, that's a thing in those movies. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he's not in it
3: long enough, spoiler, to actually have him shit on his house. He what? dies in the first five minutes of the movie. Cause mm. he, gets,
4: he, he gets really mad at that video game after they shit on his house in that one movie. <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs>
0: uh, all right, Gary, what do you got?
4: I have unedited episode of Cinema Beef. I have an unedited, unedited, unedited episode of Burning for Springwood, which I hope will be out soon after this comes out, because, you know, got to find the time to edit amongst stress and my general hatred for the holiday season. It's just there. <laughs> Again, nobody's here more happy than me that we don't have snow yet. It's just like, yeah, it's not officially the holiday season yet, people. But, um, because I, uh, I turned 40 two weeks from this upcoming Tuesday. So, I might make some bad decisions on that night. We'll see what happens. But, um, <laughs> I, I digress. Yeah, those shows are happening. Uh, two different commentaries. Um, is coming back eventually. I've had talks about rotating, um. One group, and then having uh, one one commentary with just sin and beef, ladies. Uh, our first one of those sh- should happen when Jamie finds more time, and that'll either be Texas Chainsaw Massacre as we planned, or Anna the Anna and the Apocalypse for December, but if, or we'll do both. I don't care. It's just uh, a <laughs> it's a commentary show. It's all good. Um. But yeah, it's about it really. You know, those, those can be all on at dot com.
0: Alright, um, as far as I go, you know, gonna mention it, Fresh Cuts, the sister show to this, we will ba- be back very soon, possibly, uh, before you hear this one, you'll be hearing the latest episode of Fresh Cuts, just depending on what order I edit everything, and as far as guest spots, the latest thing I did was a guest spot on Skype. On, yeah, on <laughs> Skype. Uh, Ricky Morgan's Rad Movie-Rama, we did Miami Connection. If you have not seen Miami Connection, I highly recommend it. And to be highly inebriated, if you want to see a rock and roll karate band um, fight uh, drug cartels, um, it's all, it's all sorts, of, all sorts of weird and awesome ways. So I'm uh, recommending Miami Connection. oh
3: uh, oh, oh, (laughs) quick 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 question i forgot to mention me and gary were both on the show check out bite Size cinema the episode where we did captain america the winter soldier yes great discussion and you know give a shout out to rj mccready over there at bite Size cinema you can find that on legion podcast check that out it was a fun time
4: yeah for dealing with our filth too on his very clean show it's, it's fine you know it's yeah,
3: yeah, we made we made like a show, <laughs> unpopular. Uh, what, what was the show they came up with?
4: Oh, awkward boners! It should awkward be a thing. Awkward boners yes. with <laughs>
3: Jennifer
2: Connelly.
4: Yeah.
2: Jennifer Connelly has never given me an awkward boner. I I think that that could be a thing.
4: I mean, I I, I can't tell you. Well, I could probably tell you. You know, I've I've had my first crushes, but my sexual awakening. Probably happened when I saw the en Vogue video for giving him something he could feel. Because <laughs> uh, them red dresses on them women, let me tell you, it, it did something to my body, and I think, uh, I think that was my first sexual awakening as a mine, man. Mine, young, was, as young mine man. was weird.
3: Mine was like <laughs> Uma Thurman and Batman and Robin. Ain't
4: nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> See, the show's developing already, there, RJ. It could be a thing. Awkward boners, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Come on, RJ. We're gonna send him this episode and have him listen to this outro.
0: Maybe Jennifer Connolly and career opportunities only because i was so young. Mm. Oh, because she's um... riding
3: the horse. Oh my God. Oh yeah, I would fucking tear that up. I would keep David that and wrecking of a dream that.
4: She <laughs> now he just made this uncomfortable. See, you know, <laughs> talking talking about the ass to ass thing, See,
0: least well, yeah. I. I know it's pretty, baby, but I didn't take it out for air.
4: <laughs> um, I just
3: a, a quick side note, too, like when Keith David just comes out of the movie, and like, Childs? The first time I've seen it? Childs survived the thing and became a pimp.
0: <laughs> Alrighty. Well, Gary, thanks for uh, coming to be a guest on No More Room and Hell. Always fun to do shows with you.
4: And, oh, pleasure, man. Pleasure.
3: And this is one for you, Gary. Fuck you, Brandon, for that fucking universal question. Trivia died. <laughs> Fuck you.
4: I knew I was correct, but it's just trivia. That's okay, you know. Well,
3: it's, it doesn't matter. No one won because it died. Like, <laughs> like you expect does. it
2: to actually end. <laughs> <laughs> it, it got so far. <laughs> right, well, we got to the, what, semifinals this time? You got to the, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next year we'll make it to the to the finals before we quit. <laughs> yeah. Well, we didn't quit. The well, yeah, our hosts quit.
3: Let's,
4: let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Gary, hopefully we'll be burning for Springwood again soon.
4: Yeah, hope, maybe next week, my friend. Maybe we'll do two of them just to get it done.
0: Yeah, because we're right up there at the end of the first season, I think. I think a few more episodes. Yeah. All right, well... Thank you everyone for listening to episode twenty-six. Uh this we're still at the beginning of December, so maybe we will get out another uh normal formatted episode and a commentary. Who knows? Um we'll try. We'll we'll we're always trying. So thanks everyone for listening. Let's get out of here. Everyone say goodbye as we descend to the lake of fire.
3: Peace. Don't go in any subways, yo. And as Donald Pleasant says, "Fuck you."
4: Yeah, watch out, watch out for bloody hobo dick, y'all. That shit's uh, got diseases and stuff. So
3: <laughs>
2: later on, folks, hail Satan. Good boners. Give <laughs> it something he
4: can feel. Yeah, they did. You know. <laughs>